welcome to the 228th episode of the Random Podcast from Heck. My name is Tony, and this is the podcast about random things in the world of entertainment, which includes movies, TV shows, and comic books. Big shout out to Dave McPhail and Andrew Loken. They are big supporters of the show. You can be a supporter by going to patreon.com slash gman from heck. Any amount you can commit to will be awesome. And if you commit at the Rick Jones tier or higher, you get access to the secret podcast from heck, which is an additional 30-ish minutes of podcast entertainment every single week. I am currently discussing the 2012 Hawkeye series by Matt Fraction, David Aha. And um, I'm probably going to do start doing a couple movies uh, coming up soon in the weeks, so you can listen to that. But if you can't commit to a monthly commitment, you can also help out by going to coffee.com slash gmanfromheck, and you can buy me a virtual cup of coffee or three, and that is ko-fi.com slash gmanfromheck. All right, so uh, January 2020, welcome to 2022. January means... Um, sometimes there's, there's not so much in, in the theaters as, as far as, as uh, movie features, but there was one this past week, and I so we're going to talk about, or I'm going to talk about the 355. And I'll, I'll just tell you right now, I was a, I was like, I don't know about this, and I don't, I don't know what their current Rotten Tomato is, but when I looked at it Thursday, it wasn't good. Um, but I will say right now, movie wasn't as bad as I thought. I actually kind of enjoyed it, so you'll you'll hear about that. And then as far as other things, there's not a whole lot of TV. Next week, which I, I guess I'll talk about in the outro, there is a lot of TV starting next week, and I'm kind of looking at it. So I'm going to have to like cut backs on some things. But like, like I said, I'll talk about that later. So this week, we have Dexter New Blood, um, second to last episode of this hopefully season. Um, there's another book of Boba Fett. And I think I mentioned last week, I'm going to talk about the first half of Cobra Kai season four. So I know it's been out now for a little bit. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm just going to, just so I can go in depth and everything, we'll talk about episodes one through five. And then next week, talk about six through 10. So that way, if you haven't been able to watch it, because I mean, it took me, I, I mean, as much as I tried, even, even though it came out on New Year's Eve, you know, I tried watching as much as I could right away. There's just so much... And if if you have time to watch, I'm I'm envious if if you can do that. But it's just, oh man, it's just reading comics and everything. <laughs> so we'll talk about that. And um, I think that's it. Going to be it for this week. So it might we'll, we'll see how, how the episode goes. It doesn't look like there's a whole lot of news, and I know I say that so many times, but we'll see if I actually mean it this year or this year <laughs> this time. Um, the big news, kind of a little little bit of a bummer. Um, Stephen Yoon was was doing an interview. He, he mentioned Invincible season two, and you know he's saying how it, Robert Kirkman is really excited. You know he said that the second season is going to be you know more exciting than the first or better than the first or, or stuff like that. But apparently they haven't started recording it yet. So I don't know what that means in ter- terms of process, like how long it. Because I, I would imagine they would record it and then then do the dialogue and then try to t- maybe tweak the dialogue around. The, the the voice because I don't think they would do the animation and then you have to try to lip sync to it. So the question is like, when are we gonna get season two? Because I thought it was supposed to be this year, but um, depending on how long it takes production, I mean, we might not get it this year, which is is gonna be a bummer. So we'll ha- have to see. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Morbius was supposed to come out on January twenty eighth. 
that's being moved to April 1st. And I, I guess the reason is because of the variants and um, box office sales. And I don't know how, how people is. Um, as far as like teaching, I know um, I've, I've had like uh, less students. Students are out. Some people are sick or mildly sick or possibly sick or just being preventative and just saying, hey, I'm just going to wait a little bit and, and keep my kids at home, which is understandable. But yeah, they're missing a lot of stuff because, you know, I, I have to continue teaching. So um, but as far as box office, you know, I don't know, maybe people aren't going to theaters or we'll see. <laughs> but it's Morbius. I This is a movie. I hope it blows me. I hope I'm, it surprised me because I am not I'm not super excited for Morbius. I, I'm not going to lie, but maybe I'll be pleasantly surprised. We'll, we'll see. Patty Jenkins and I guess Gal Gadot, I think, I don't know if they both did an interview, but but Jenkins mentioned that they're still working on, on a Wonder Woman 3 script. Um, so she said they did probably start up in like a year and a half or so. So not like any firm commitments or anything like that. So if it's a year and a half when they're going to start it, and then doing all post production and everything like that. So it's like, does that mean we're not going to get Wonder Woman to like 2024? Because I mean, it feels like it's, it's going to be a long ways off. So I don't know. Star Trek, Star Trek Picard. So I think season two is supposed to be coming on Paramount Plus in February. There's no release date yet, as far as I know. But just recently, the season three had to shut down. So I guess they started production for season three right after season two wrapped. But like 50 people on the crew were tested positive for COVID. Now, if you like it, you're like, holy crap, that's a lot. But I, I think there's like like over 450 crew members, you know, total. There's like a, a ton of people, which is why you need to support all this, this stuff and not pirate and everything like that. Because, you know, it takes it takes a, what a village to raise whatever the saying is. So um they're like, yeah, we need to shut down production because that, that's too much. Um, but I guess, thankfully, with the variant, this variant isn't as deadly or isn't as dangerous as previous versions. And I know some people are calling conspiracy, this or that, whatever. It's like, no, it's science. It's it's not the same thing. It's different. Anyways, so you have to shut this down. And, you know, because it, otherwise it's just going to keep spreading. And, and different people react differently. You know, I, I'm hearing stuff, you know, from like you know students and parents and, and everything like that people people have different reactions and it's people of all ages have different reactions so no conspiracy let's just yeah just stop that stuff um the boys there was a, a teaser that came out a little short teaser kind of a little disturbing teaser you see all like homelander you know it's, it's almost like a press conference and he's just like smiling as the pictures are snapping and you can see it's it's, it's like a forced smile and then uh it's really for smile. So I guess there's going to be some payback. He's going to want Homelander's going to want some revenge. So June 3rd, 2022. But why do you Amazon, why do you have to drop them all at once? Don't drop them all at once. Did, I mean, I have there I think there's been some other shows. I'm trying to think if Amazon's ever done like weekly like I don't like everything at once. I know some people do, but not me. <laughs> Naomi uh, I don't know if I'm going to be covering it or not. I'm I'm going to try to watch it. I might just give like, I don't think I'm going to go like in depth, like blow by blow. I think I'm just going to say whether I liked it or not or, or anything like that. Or maybe like some cool things. But there's just like, there's a lot coming back next week. Uh, but apparently the first season's not going to have any Arrowverse connections, which is weird because they mentioned that she is like in charge of like a Superman 
um, home, like website or something like that. And so the big question is, is like Tyler Hochlin, I don't know if that's how you say his name. I apologize. It, you know, is he going to be in the show? Because Superman Lois also starts next week. But apparently there's going to be no Superman. There's going to be no Arrowverse connection. The first season is supposed to be like an origin story, like really fleshing out like who Naomi is and all that stuff. And they're not even thinking about crossovers right now. Okay. Um, I get it. I mean, yeah, it's important to establish a show for itself and, you know, give it its strength and build it up. But I really, I hate to say it, I do think a crossover could help, you know, build up the audience, make people like, oh, I should check this out because, you know, these characters are going to be in there. I mean, that's why they do it in the comic books. You know, that's why you, whenever they have these crossovers, it it's, it's annoyingly ties in other books. So people might check it out and they're like, oh, this is this is kind of interesting. This is pretty cool. I'm going to you know continue. I don't really know. And, you know, no offense to Naomi or Brian Michael Bendis or you know anyone involved, any of the creators or artists. Or, I just I just think she's an OK character. As far, you know, if, if we're just looking, you know, being totally blunt about it, she's a, a black character, which we I think that is important. So, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to like knock the show down because it could be an important thing. We need black characters. We need Hispanic characters. We need Muslim characters. We need every character, you know, because every, every people that are watching this, they're not all white, so there should be something for everyone. So it's important that we can have a show that will resonate or, you know, people can like, hey, I can relate to that or something like that. And and even if you're not black, doesn't mean that you can't watch it, you know, and, and you know, if it's not not just saying black, but if it's like some other culture or anything, it's like people could learn stuff from from that. So that that's the, the good thing about having things that are diverse. And yes, a lot of times it seems forced now when we see like like everything is so there's so many different ethnicities and stuff like that it might be forced but we again we it's important to see because we used to not have you know you look at all the old sitcoms and shows everything was all white you know bread and butter whatever but it's despite all that i just haven't been blown away by the characters like oh her her parents you know she was from another another earth and aliens attack i just but i mean i don't know hopefully i'll like it I'm just worried that it's going to be a bunch of uh, like me, Naomi and her teenage friends getting up to shenanigans because that I don't I don't need I don't care that maybe I'm just not the demographic, which would be unfortunate. But whatever. Hopefully people will like it. Um, speaking of like the CW, apparently uh, Warner Brothers and Viacom CBS are thinking about selling the CW. So, you know, if, if the CW sells, what does that mean? Uh, you know, I, and apparently, you know, I didn't read, like, all the details or specifics, but I guess, you know, there are some some people are, are interested. Obviously, you know, I, I can't imagine. I mean, I don't know if it's just, is it not profitable? I mean, I mean, they have so much content on there. And while some people will knock the, the quality of it or whatever, I mean, they are, there's good stuff. I mean, Superman Lois is great. I'm, you know, I've kind of started Supernatural a little, a little late. Um, you know, actually, I haven't watched it since it's been a while. But I'm, I'm like on the first season of it, and it, it's it's a good show. Again, it's a little different when you compare CW shows compared to like Netflix or HBO Max or you know stuff like that. But it's it's all about a different you know different budget, so it's not really fair to compare them. But you know, there, there's a lot of good content there. You know, with Star Girl on there now and everything. My question, and I don't know if this is even a factor or not, 
But like if Warner Brothers sells it, what does that mean about like their characters? Because like all the Arrowverse characters, those are all Warner Brothers. So, you know, it makes sense that they could put all these characters out on, on this network that they own. Are they going to try to move things more towards HBO Max? If so, that's fine. You know, that's great. Could that change the quality? I mean, and but the, I, I don't think it's it's just that easy just to to move it. Maybe it is, but I would think that there is just some different legalities to it because I would imagine like the CW itself, you know, owns part of the production of the shows. It, it's just like with like the Netflix, like you know, you're not going to see like Netflix Daredevil on Disney Plus. Even if, even though Disney owns the rights, Netflix kind of owns the show. Unless it had changed, I mean, it, it's different with the, the Star Wars comics. Marvel, you know, had all got all the Dark Horse comics somehow. I mean, but that's like a different thing. So I don't think it's that easy. Just like with you know Spider Man, you're not going to see Spider Man movies on Disney Plus because that's co, you know, that's the rights are held by Sony. So I don't feel like I wonder. But then I mean, you could say. Well, what about like Star Girl? Because you know, I know there's different deals, but that's the show appeared on the C on on the net on. I can't even keep the, all these different things straight. It appeared on the CW, and then normally it would go to Netflix, but you know they changed their deal with Netflix, so now it's going to HBO Max. Maybe instead of like season three being on CW, it would be on HBO Max. I don't know. We'll have to see. So that that's my big question is like what's going to happen to all these shows and and the other thing that that's kind of scary even like long running shows you know even if if they can hold them whoever buys the the, the network they might be like yeah we're gonna cut some of these shows you know because like I I it's unfortunate but with um like GameSpot and TV Guide and and CNET and you know so like all of those uh, websites were owned by CBS Interactive. They recently sold that division to another company. A lot of people lost their jobs. You know, there's like people with like 12, 15 years experience. They got cut because when a new company takes them over, they may have their own people to do different things like that. And I mean, that may be a little different, but if, if a new company, whoever buys a CW, they might want to look at cutting some costs. So, you know, there could be a show that, would potentially have continued, but maybe they're like, yeah, we're, we're going to, we're going to, you know, put a pause on this. So I don't know. We'll have to see. Um, speaking of shows, uh, Arch- archive 81, there's a trailer for that. So that's a, a Netflix show that looks, uh, that looks, that looks pretty cool. And uh, it's, it's a little bit like, um, I mean, you can almost say it's, it's a little bit like, like the ring, you know, with with that, so that's coming out on January fourteenth. So that's actually next week. Here's a, the the bummer thing is, I don't know if I'm going to be able to cover it because I, I I right now I'm totally forgetting. I think it's eight episodes, but are they like hour long episodes? And uh, it's it's eight one hour episodes. So yeah, there's no way I can binge all that. So I I don't know. I mean, maybe I'll. I'll and, and if, if so, I mean, maybe like the following week I could talk about it. I don't know. We'll have to see. And then um, <laughs> James Gunn, he who wants to do a modern uh, continuation of Knight Rider with David Hasselhoff. But I, apparent, I guess he, he's, he said there's just not enough hours in a day to, to do every, all the cool things that he wants to do. But, uh, you know, he, I guess he's friends with Hasselhoff, yeah, obviously. And, you know, he 
they've mentioned it, but I, I'd, I'd watch that. I, I think it could be interesting. What do you think? <laughs> but what I do, what I think and what I do know is, is that's, that's actually it for the news for this week. With comic books, so it was a, a it was kind of a weird week, I think. I mean, it's like some publishers had a lot of books, some pe- publishers not so much. At Image, um, I didn't read a whole lot. Now, here's here's the bummer news. Uh, so with the Magic, or- with Magic Order, uh, so Mark Miller and Stuart Immonen, I think what had happened is I didn't read issue two last time. So that... Um, and then, so as I was reading, I was like, wait, I, I, before I started reading three, I was like, I didn't read two. So I had to, had to dig out my, my, my issue two. So I read that. I didn't read issue three now. So uh, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. I mean, art is, is superb. And I really like this world that, that, that Mark Miller's created and everything. Uh, you know, I enjoyed that the first volume of this. I can't wait for the Netflix show. I have no idea when that's coming out or anything. I don't know if there's any details about that. My, my problem with with the comic, if, if I'm going to critique anything, and it's not really a critique, but I feel like there's just, oh, there's so many characters. So that's, that's kind of a cool thing, but it's hard for me to keep track of who's who. Cause like when the first volume, I don't even remember when the first volume came out, it wasn't that long ago, but you know, maybe I'm just getting old. My memories just, I, I blame it. My, my head is so crammed with just useless information that now I'm, I'm low on storage space. So like, you know, your computer, your iPhone's like low on storage. So I'm trying to keep, keep track of like what's going on. And for me personally, like if it was a little more focused, you know, I, I, I mean, not focused. That's, that's a bad word. Cause it, it's not like it's all over the place, but there's just a lot of characters. And, but I, I do, I, I think it's, it's a really cool comic and I just, I like it's, a different take on, on magic and and not really and it's not that different but it it's almost like a more mature you know adult and, and not adult in a like a sexy way but so yeah I, I need to get caught up on that there was this comic called monkey meat that came out i started checking out um i don't know anything about this so it says uh dejelia d-j-e-l-i-y-a creator juni ba so i i haven't I don't know what the jelly is because I'm, I'm a dum-dum. Um, so introduces a new fantasy universe in this anthology series. The Monkey Meat Company made its fortune selling cans of processed meat all around the world. Using that money to fuel their wacky experiments, they turned their native island into a magical hyper-capitalist hellscape where even demons have to pay rent. Follow, follow the lives of the creatures of Monkey Island in this fun, action-packed romp. Each issue is its own story. So I started reading this, and and part of it, if I'm being honest and, and lame, there is because of time, I I couldn't like dive into it and, and really focus on it. So, but I'm I'm really curious. I mean, it sounds like it sounds like very you know very interesting, very um, kind of weird, and and that's what it, what I like about that. So maybe check it out. Yeah, um, I, I I'm I gotta give it another shot. Then there is a Noctura special. So this is about, um, what's his name? Uh, what was it? Blacktop Bill. So we, we kind of get the origin of him. And it's, it's actually kind of interesting to see because we, we, we see a lot of this dude. You know, we, we saw him in like the, the first arc, but we see him like before the big, you know, night eclipse thing came. So um, it's it pr- pretty interesting to, to see like the secrets of, where how he started not really how he started off but like what he did before and it's it's kind of surprising in that so um 
it's so it's written by Scott Snyder and, and Tony Daniel, you know, they did the story. And then uh, Dennis Cohen does the art. So it's 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 interesting. So if you, you like Nocturne, you should check that out. And then um, IDW didn't have anything. And Boom Studios, I didn't read anything from Boom. I don't think there's anything that I'm reading. Oh, there's Buckhead. I, I, meant, I think I meant to read the first issue of Buckhead. It sounded interesting, but I, I don't think I read that. And Buffy the Vampire Slayer came out. So, yeah, there's nothing there. But at DC, so we had Detective Comics, uh, what issues is this? 1047. And uh, the first, first story, or the main story, is, is kind, kind of interesting. So we, we have Arkham Tower happening. You know, so there's no more Arkham Asylum. So we have Arkham Tower, and um, things are being established, being set up, and th- and then it kind of cuts to like a little 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 bit in the future, not really future, but like a little after time has passed, and some big crazy uh, crazy bad stuff is happening in inside the tower. There's like revolts and people get killed and. And because uh, at one point they're like, because like the Bat family is in there, and they're you know Oracle's like like is anyone where I can't can't locate Nightwing? Is he okay? You know, does any has anyone seen him? And and you know, so it's just like a mess, and things are are not not going so well. So that was like uh, it was it was pr- pretty pretty intense. The backup story, it, it's kind of like it, it's it's its own like standalone story, but jokers involved and i just there's just too much joker and it, it's a kind of like a everyday story it, 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 i don't think this is a house of wayne story but it, it what it says on the cover i didn't really get that but yeah it was just i mean it was an interesting story and in seeing how joker can impact like some uh, like normal people type of thing um but it's just the fact that it was joker i it's just it's like that's too much and then also what came out this week is kind of weird. We also have Batman uh, 119. So this is continuing the Abyss story. So there is a Batman goes investigate some stuff with the with Batman Incorporated. And there is supposedly there's this, this villain, whatever, called the Abyss, who was killed by Batman Inc. And it was like, what? So Batman's investigating it. And then you find out, like, he, but he's not funding Batman Inc. anymore because, you know, Bruce Wayne lost a lot of, or Bruce Wayne's not funding Batman Inc. But it turns out, uh, spoiler, I don't think it mentions it in the, it doesn't mention it in the synopsis, but it was at the end of last issue and this issue. So I'm going to spoil it here. It's not really a spoiler, but it's, it's uh, Lex Luthor. Is, is funding Batman Incorporated. So what is his his deal? What's his agenda? Obviously, it's a dig at Bruce Wayne because, you know, we're, it appears that Lex Luthor and whatever continuity we're currently in, he still knows that Bruce Wayne is Batman because, you know, he discovered that in uh, Jeff John's Justice League run. So that, that made things uh, kind of scary and interesting. So, but it's always weird. It's like, why doesn't he ever use that information? You know, when, when villains hold on to that, maybe it's just, it's so valuable, you know, they don't want to just give it away. So, yeah, when in, investigating this, what happened with this Abyss character and, and Lex is, you know, Bruce isn't happy with Lex, you know, because then he actually has like dinner with him and, and it's, a, it's a little intense. And then Batman's trying to investigate like what happened to, to find out, you know, with the body and, and everything like that. And um, then he gets in, into like this, this fight for his life. And uh, so there's, there's definitely some, some interesting things there. Uh, 
And the backup story here was really cool. There's a, I don't know if you remember Gotham Academy. So there's a, it was a very fun book. And my, my daughter was actually reading that when it, when it first started. And uh, so we have maps in here and uh, it's just, it was, I was just so nice to see like, oh, these characters are still, they're still around, you know, they haven't been, uh, you know, shoved in comic book limbo. So this was a, this is a fun story with like a kind of, kind of like a, a little mystery happening and uh you know then batman is is kind of involved as well and or comes into play and so that, that i really enjoyed that I, I can't wait to read read more of that um suicide squad 11 you know i don't think i read this because i know i think i think i might have read issue 10 but not issue 9 or something like that so i didn't i actually i put this on hold i was like okay i'm gonna come back to this and then i forgot to come back to it but I'm just my my feeling with the Suicide Squad. You know, while I, I you know really enjoyed the movies, both movies, I enjoyed the first one. You know, for good or good or bad or whatever. But my problem is just this whole idea of you know Amanda Waller, whatever. You know, I, I've mentioned this before how she's just really getting extreme with with her tactics and what she's trying to do. But um, it looks like in this issue there's there's some stuff with like Rick Flag, like try because he you know he doesn't agree with 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 uh amanda waller so it'll be interesting to see like if he can he do anything to stop her i don't know crush and lobo issue eight this has been a, you know it, it's been a fun book i i i really i'm over i'm tired of lobo right now but there's some fun stuff i there's something about crush the character that i do enjoy her you know i liked her when she was in teen titans and uh seeing her here while there's some things that i I feel like I missed something, or I don't know. I don't think it's the discrepancies with how she was portrayed in Teen Titans versus here. But it, aside from all that, you know, it's it's been fun seeing her take on this task of trying to capture her dad, you know, because he kind of tricked her and, and everything like that. So there's been a, a lot of interesting things. It, it's weird that I can't stand Lobo, but I I kind of like Crush. So oh, it'll be interesting to see you know where where it goes from there, if anywhere. And then uh, Justice League Infinity. This one, yeah, um, I'm. I don't know what it is with with some of these. Actually, you know what? I now that I think about this one, actually, I I think I might have forgotten to read this one too. I've been kind of like okay with this when this first started off. I was like, okay, this is this is cool, but just this story arc with the the mirror. Okay, the entity released from the mirror. Room has accomplished its goal. It's just too much like multiverse stuff. And while normally that's cool, I just feel like, yeah, it's 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 a, a bit much. Superman, Son of Kal-El, issue six. Well, I feel like I read this like so long ago. I read this early. So Superman, so Superman is recovered from devastating attacks against him, and by Superman, I mean um, John, Jonathan. After the life-changing events of issue five, John Kent and his new ally Jay Nakamura are ready to strike back. I like that they call him his ally. They are in a collision course with the type of power that is used to swatting problems out of the way, but Superman is not easily swatted. Um, so we we find out more about what's going on with. Um, so Jay comes from like this other country. And you know we we get some a little interesting bit of you know some interesting information about him, and you know he has some abilities as well. How did he get those abilities? So we actually find out about that, and so it, it was good. Um, not not a whole lot focused on 
Jonathan's love life, which is fine. You know, I, I don't feel it, it should be. I feel like if they dwell too much on it, you know, it's it's going to be a little gimmicky, you know, trying to call attention to it. So I, I'm fine if it's not like shoved in your face because it, it, it doesn't have to be. Dark Knights of Steel issue three. Man, things are heating up here. I wasn't sure how I was going to think about, you know, what I was going to feel about this comic because I was just like, uh, okay. But it is actually interesting, I have to admit. I mean, of course, because it's Tom Taylor, you know, so he, he's doing a great job. Yasmin Putri's art is, is, is great. But things are really heating up because with uh, the attack against uh, the king of. Uh, just, I don't really want to spoil things. But anyways, there's um, the king um, was assassinated, and there's a lot of retaliation going on, and there's war being brewed. And um, Black Lightning's character, he, I mean, he's doing some things. like He's really being proactive, and that's not good. But, yeah, things are just, just really going, getting bonkers here. And... Um, yeah, everything is about to explode. So it's just, it's it's just not so. Justice League Incarnate. This is a. I'm I'm having a hard time with this. Just with again more all this multiverse stuff and uh, Doctor Multiverse and uh, President Superman. <laughs> they th- there's stuff where like comic books are kind of dictating what's happening whatever and then they end up like in earth i don't know if it's earth zero or no earth prime or whatever so then they're like like oh we need to try to write you know what's going to happen here and and then like dark side stuff i don't know um one star squadron issue two wow um dc let let us read this like really early um, I, I love this comic. I highly recommend it. It's Mark Russell. Mark Russell is brilliant. I mean, he he does the satire or the comedy without it being just like a, a pure joke book. I mean, he's just so great. I mean, but if I mean, if, if you look at Rita's like Flintstones comic, Flintstones of all things. I mean, there's so many. It was so deep. And, and while you can almost say it gets a little political, but not not really. There's just a lot of not. I don't. That's a really bad thing because I know that could be a turnoff for some people. But there's just a lot of things like society written in there while it's still being like humorous. So uh, it's this is just a. It's it's an interesting book where like you know Red Tornado is kind of running this. Uh, it's it's kind of like D-string superheroes where you know you can pay kind of like cameo, but you can actually get like a superhero to come to your function or your kids' party or whatever, and they may not be you know top tier heroes, but um, this one it's it's almost like a little dark and not, not really disturbing, but it's it's just it's it's kind of wacky. World of Krypton issue two. I'm surprisingly like well I shouldn't say surprisingly. Um, it's Robert Venditti, and, and I, 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 I dig his writing. But what, what I'm surprised is I kind of I don't feel like I need to read about what happened on Krypton before the planet blew up. Because, you know, we, we've seen little tidbits here and there. And, you know, there was like the John Byrne, you know, World of Krypton or whatever in the 80s. But there's actually some interesting stuff going on here with, uh, you know, like an assassination attempt on, on like the House of L, like on, on uh, uh Jor-El and, and um, Supergirl Kara Zor- Zor-El. That's his name, right? Zor-El? Kara Zor-El? Uh, like when, you know, her naming ceremony or something like that. And you when you find out, like, who was... I, I won't spoil who was trying to kill them. 
but then just like things going on and we see like the, the moment when Jor-El kind of made the phantom projector you know for the phantom zone and then realizing like oh and, and the reason he was i don't know if this has been mentioned before but he's kind of looking like because they, they they can see that like some of the the wildlife on Krypton is like dying off or something. So it, it almost looks like it's like, hey, this planet may not be inhabitable forever. So you know what can we do? And he was kind of looking at it, it's like, well, maybe we can go into this fan, this other dimension, and live there. But he did this experiment, and you know he went in there, and when Zorel pulled him out, he's like, why'd you take so long? He's like, it was just like a few minutes. He's like, no, it was months. He's like, I was losing my mind in there. So then, there, you know, he's just like the, the, you know, it's like a phantom zone, you know, as he described it, and he's like, this is a bad thing, but obviously it gets used for other purposes. So, so there's some some interesting things there. So I I, I really really dug that. Um, and then uh, let's see what else came out this week. I think that was it for DC. Uh, like I said, I I don't enjoy the Comicsology app. I wish I I like the I I can appreciate the app. But reading the DC comic, they're they're mixed together. Like, or there's no clear distinction versus this is this week's books. It just it kind of bleeds into like the recent releases. Anyways, Marvel, there's Amazing Spider-Man uh, 84, and uh, Doc. Ock, we're seeing Doc Ock. He's he's being assertive. He's he's attacking the Beyond Corporation uh, because he realized as he's you know trying to help. Uh, you know, Aunt May came to, went to him to say, "Hey, can you help my nephew Peter?" And you know, he still <laughs> has feelings for Aunt May from way back, which has always been kind of weird. And uh, he, but he discovered that Beyond kind of appropriated a lot of this stuff from Parker Industries when he was in charge of it, when he was in in Peter Parker's body. So he wants to get some things back, whatever. And he's attacking, and then Ben's trying to uh, fight him, and that doesn't go too well. And and what's annoying is like the people that in charge, Maxine, whatever her name is, where she's like kind of calling you know him just an asset that you know he's expend. It's, it's like, yeah. So I don't know how long. I know this whole thing is coming to an end soon, or like in March. It's not that soon, but yeah, something's got to happen with who owns the rights, the copyright to Spider Man, and what does that mean? And because yeah. It's just it's I I still I'm not super crazy about how Ben is being treated or portrayed, so we'll have to see. Black Widow issue thirteen. This is kind of like like a flashback story. So there's this character called what was his name? Um, the Living Blade. I don't remember what it was now, but we we get this uh, flashback where she's years ago in Madripoor and she's fighting this dude and he's like this crazy intense like assassin whatever and they kind of kind of came into this conflict and and she's realizing that you know she might be in a little overhead for once and you know she she's trying to fight this guy and survive and and you know do what she needs to do and stuff like that and so this is what's tying into like what was just happening like currently so that's just I just love this series it's really good Captain America Iron Man issue two. I didn't read this. I started, I was just kind of skimming it. First issue just kind of didn't work for me. And it, like, as I mentioned, it really feels like it's out of continuity, but it did reference the uh, Winter Soldier and uh, Falcon uh, series that just came out. But there's just, just a way, like, like, you know, 
Tony's talking to Iron Man. It's just it just feels weird. It feels different. And plus the fact like all the whatever craziness is happening in Iron Man's book or all of the stuff that's happening in Avengers. So it's not it could be in the same continuity, just not just current time. But that's just where it, it throws me off because we're trying to you know keep all this stuff straight. And I know it, it shouldn't um, be a major issue. And maybe I'm just making a bigger deal out of it than necessary. But I'm sorry. That's just that's just how how it is for me. Captain Marvel issue 35. So this has been good. And if you hear that that clicking, that's this annoying chair that I'm sitting in. It's like the arm rests. So every once in a while, you know, because you they're adjustable, um, like. You, way you can move them side to side so i tried keeping in there but yeah it just it keeps kind of kind of moving and clicking so it's it's, i so if you hear that sorry um captain marvel last of the marvels part four this has been good um so carol's been fighting these beings you know they're kind of overpowering uh other heroes and you know because she was like trapped and you know trying to get out and there's this new development or this new um energy you know she expelled this energy and it kind of takes on this form now and so it's like what does that mean so there's some some intriguing things there and you can see on the cover like there's a bunch of her her friends are there and so i'm, I'm just really enjoying this and this is not you know it's kelly thompson i i love what, what she's doing so you know kelly thompson's uh, writing captain marvel she's doing uh, black widow she's just great stuff and and while we're talking about kelly thompson her, her kate bishop comics man and West Coast Avengers, I really wish that series didn't get canceled. It, uh, it's just so it's such a bummer. Um, Darkhold Omega, I've been kind of eh, with these Darkhold books, but this finally goes back because my, my problem with this, you know, we we had was it Omega Dark Darkhold um, Alpha, where it kind of sets stuff up with like you know Doctor Doom getting to Darkhold and trying to read it and then. Uh, Scarlet Witch and Spider-Man and Black Bolt and uh, Wasp and whatever you know they're they're trying to they they you know this team is assembled to try to get it back and everything like that and then what happens is we get like all these one shots looking at these characters with these like really dark and disturbing takes on the characters and their origins kind of interesting in 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 a, in a way but at the same time it all also it kind of felt like do we really you know, need this, you know, is, is this like super crucial, important? And, uh, yeah. So it, it's like while they're experiencing, you know, they're, they're, they're kind of, their minds are getting twisted into thinking these different, it just, they were, I know comics are supposed to be entertaining and, you know, they, they could provide some interesting stories, but they weren't, like, crucial, essential. Because then you get to this one. Here's a little more important because there's some developments for Scarlet Witch. You know, she's she's there's going to be some aftermath, some repercussions. You know, she's affected by her encounter with the book and, you know, dealing with trying to deal with Doctor Doom and all that. So it'll be interesting to see what, what comes up after this. But, like, just overall, I... I didn't love the story. I, I hate to say. Then there's Electra, black, white, and red. I I normally don't read these, but you know there's a a story written by Charles Soule, 
And then there's one uh, written and drawn by Leonardo Romero, which I, I love his stuff. And then Declan Shelby did one. So the, the art, I will say, was really good. And the stories were – uh, the Charles Sill story was was kind of like a years in the future story type of thing. And it wasn't the most uplifting story. So it was just kind of like, wow. Uh, but, yeah, so the other stories – that's how we feel about all these black and white ones where there's – these you know self-contained stories and i guess if you really love the character you know it's cool to check out but i just feel like there's not like huge you know it's you know what i'm saying anyways (laughs) inferno man things are 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 nuts here so so i guess i don't know if this is the end for hickman I, i forget what what his last book is like whatever but there's like all this stuff with like moira mctaggart and just what what you know they've set up with the the quiet council and everything like that and with mystique and um destiny wanting to get like revenge on on moira and you know take her out uh but because you know moira secretly is this mutant who when she dies she's like reincarnated and kind of like the timeline like restarts and she remembers everything from her past lives so you know she can use that to her advantage and so Professor X and Magneto were keeping her existence a secret from everyone, but if people find out, you know, they might not be too happy that they've kept the secret. So it's just things are are, are a little little nuts there. Um, but yeah, some 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 crazy things happen, and uh, where is this going to go next? Is is what I, I'm wondering. So some re- really really good stuff here. Then um, Shang Chi. Um, this this was okay. You know, we do find out more about Shang-Chi's mother, like what, what her deal is and seeing like how she met his father and stuff like that. You know, there's, there's some, some similarities to the movie and everything like that. But, um, yeah, I'm just, I, I'm not like fully invested in the, the character. So, I mean, I, I'm curious enough to read it, but yeah, that's about it. Um, Thor issue 20. I just got his God of hammers storyline. Uh, so, what Thor has discovered recently is like he's been having a hard time with Mjolnir. Like, you know, he's been questioning, like, is he worthy of it? You know, is he losing that again? And then someone supposedly stole Mjolnir from the Avengers uh, Celestial headquarters, whatever. And uh, so Thor is trying to get, and he he's discovering that, like, whoever stole this hammer is using it to, like, kill all these people, like, across the, the Ten Realms or whatever. And there's there's been this kind of like a story or a myth or a, whatever, not a lull, what what am I looking for? Not a folk folk story, not a lullaby, um, like a boogie. What what is that word I'm looking for? Anyways, there's been this story of like the the god of hammers or something like that, and they're saying it's not real, but maybe it is. And then we find out like who the god of hammers is, and uh, I don't know how I feel about that. So we'll see. Wastelanders Doom issue one. This was okay. I'm, I'm I've been a little disappointed with these uh, Wastelander books. You know, I was excited to go back and revisit this. You know, Old Man Logan era, but they haven't been. They haven't like really blown me away so much. Um, so we'll see. The Black Widow one. I mean, I'm I'm curious about that. The what was the other one? Hawkeye. Old Man Hawkeye was was good. I like that one. But the Star Lord one was. Eh. And the, the Wolverine, Old Man Logan one, I didn't love that. And this one was just, yeah, 
and then X-Men issue six. This I, I'm a little little confused. I feel it's like, did I miss something? I pretty much did I, I wonder if I actually did. I think I did read issue five. But what we're we're finding out here is uh yeah, I did read issue five. Um with issue six, there's this Captain Krakoa. It's like, wait, what's going on? And um yeah, so we'll find out more. You see him on a cover, and there's there's also the fact that Ben Urich, a reporter, he may have made a discovery about the mutants' resurrection because you know I guess that's not like public knowledge. You know they don't want people to know that if an an X Men dies, they can you know be reborn. So um, there, there's some stuff going on, but yeah, then they they kind of vote the Quiet Council votes to put Captain Krakoa on the X Men squad, but Cyclops like is like, no, I don't I don't agree with this, but then they're like, no, you have to do this, and but then we kind of I think as I, maybe I need to go back and check that page, but I think we it maybe it's, it should be obvious like who who what what who or what Captain Krakoa is, and but yeah, so I'm really I'm definitely interested to see like what the next issue is going to be. So, um, and that is it. I think that's it for this week's comic. So, um, a lot of, a lot of good stuff this week. Okay. Dexter, new blood season one, episode nine, the family business and things are, I don't know where things are going to go. Uh, I, and we still don't know if there's a, a season two, nothing's been mentioned. I haven't heard anything. So we'll have to see. There, there's just this episode one more. So it starts off, we, we see uh, Mr. Wiggles Playland. It's like someplace in Florida. So it's obviously, it's a, a flashback. We see Dexter there. He's talking about like hunting predators. And you see this like creepy clown, like with, with kids. And clowns are creepy. But this guy, he just looks, he looks a little run down. And, and not that it makes a difference, but he, like he has a beard that's like painted over, you know, his face is white. And he just, he looks, he's almost like borderline like hobo clown you know and, and there's so there's like all these kids at that's this like party place you know there's like bouncy houses and, and stuff like that and he's making balloons for him and just the way he moves and just just the way it's shot he looks obviously like r- really creepy so dexter returns there at night and he's it turns out he's telling the story to harrison and harrison because he, he at one point dexter mentions a dark passenger and harrison's like what's the dark passenger and dexter's like that's the name that he gave the calling that he has and then you see deb quote unquote deb you know she's there and she's like be careful and he says that you know it's always there it's riding alongside him giving him and then dexter finishes or harrison finishes a lot of bad ideas so dexter says sometimes he has the urge to hurt people it's like too strong to ignore harrison said yeah dark passenger sounds right he he's like why are we like this and dexter says that they both saw their mothers murdered when they were young and harrison kind of like paused and like struggles he's like you too he's like i always felt alone i thought no one would understand me he's like if i talked about this poop with anyone dexter's like they'd lock you up and dexter tells him about harry that uh you know because he was like worried when he first found out he thought that he'd send him to an institution and said he gave him the code so then it cuts back to Mr. Wiggles' playland, uh, and he's like, you know, once someone is identified for the code, you need like 100% uh, evidence must be found. You know, so he's he's like looking around the place. 
and there's like this medicine cabinet. It's just like a, like a creepy bed in, in the back room and just like all the stuff. And you see he's looking at stuff on, on the shelves. There's like a Polaroid camera and, and all this stuff like that. But there's like a medicine cabinet. It's a little loose. And then he like lifts it. And there there's kind of like a, a hidden compartment behind there. And there's this like lunchbox. There's a cowboy. It's like ride him cowboy. Inside there's a bunch of Polaroids and uh, from, from, you know, because there's a camera. And there's kids in like just standing there. Like in, they're they're dressed. There, thank goodness. And you know they, they have like clown makeup, you know, what or just makeup on their face, and they're just standing there. But it, it seems a little weird, you know. They they don't look like they're kids at a party, like they're happy or anything like that. So I don't know when he would have taken them, like if he lures lures them there later, or what, like kidnaps them, or and like I, I did. I don't know if I mentioned. I forget if, if their names or there's like something written on the back of these. So back in the present, Dexter says that you know. He was about Harrison's age when he started showing violent tendencies, whatever. Harry kept it a secret from the rest of the family. And uh, he, he would need to, you know, he, he said he, he would never hurt family. And, and Deb just kind of like looks at him. And so Harry gave him the code as a way to channel the dark passenger and to use it for good. So then we see Mr. Wiggles is putting on makeup. He's talking to himself in a mirror. He's he's like, do you like carbo? So he's like, he's practicing, like, guess what he's going to like say to kids or whatever. Then he looks at the latest picture because he made this kid like a clown, like a, a balloon sword, whatever. And then he hears something. And all of a sudden he's like, what the, you know, WTF. You know, his voice is just like, gets really like nasty. And so you hear something like one of the bouncy castles, or there's like a bouncy houses, it's like deflating. And then he sees there's like a big slash uh, on there. And then Dexter comes up um, <laughs> from behind him. He has like, like a red clown nose. He's like, hello. And he injects him in the neck. And then he kind of like looks at the camera, like smiles, because obviously it didn't really happen like that. So then Harrison's like, you kidnapped him? And Deb's like, that's enough. And Dexter's like, yeah. He's like, he would have tortured, you know, kids or whatever so he prepares a place where he confronts the bad people so he says he has to be very neat he always shows them their victims uh, it's important that they open their eyes and see what they've done so then we see he has uh mr wiggles saran wrapped to the slide and there's like the polaroids are like hanging up above him like kind of like in a mobile like for like a baby and then in a the flashback um deb's like you can't tell harrison about your sick ass ritual so he wakes up Wiggles, and then he's like, he's like, what's going on? He's like, stop clowning on Wiggles. He's like, you know. And so he's he's about to thrust a knife, and then Deb's like, you tell Harrison once you kill people, there's no going back. And what was in, interesting, like with, with this, when she said this, when I first saw this, when she's like, tell what, what you tell Harrison once or something like that. So I I thought she meant that like the tell Harrison like if you kill someone, it's permanent, like that's it. But now that I think about it, I, I think she meant that, like, if you tell Harrison that you kill people, that there's no going back from this, that he's not, there's no way he's going to be a normal, have a normal life. So that makes more sense. In the present, Harrison asks if confronting him and scaring him, if that made him stop doing bad things. And in Dexter, in the flashbacks with, with that, he's like, fine. So in the present, he's like, yes, he never hurt anyone again. Harrison, like, thinks about it, then he's like, so you're like, kind of like Batman or something. Dexter says, like, you know, that makes uh, the dark passenger stop pushing so hard. And then Harris is like, like, this is a lot. And then he asks if Kurt is going to come after them. And Dexter's like, he's probably 500 miles away from now. And then, you know, Dexter's like, it's getting late. You know, you should probably get some sleep. And he's like, okay, good night. 
And then he's like, Dexter's like, Merry Christmas. And Harrison's like, oh, yeah. So Dexter thinks that he still has one more gift to wrap in plastic. So then we see him. He's dealing with the, the trucker guy that, that kidnapped Dexter or whatever. And De- Deb is still just giving him a hard time about, like, what he, you know, he says to Harrison and how this could, like, push him over the edge and everything like that. So Angela, we, we see her. She's looking at, at, like, victim pictures. There's, like, this severed head with, like, a needle and mark in its neck and everything like that. I just, I don't get why the needle mark is so permanent. Like, like what the heck is going on? Because obviously this is from when they recovered body remains in, in the bottom of the bay. So there's a severed head that's been sitting in a plastic bag, but sitting at the bottom of, of the bay for who knows how long. And it's, it hasn't decomposed at all. And you can still see there's a, a circle mark on its neck. He doesn't like jam it in there because we've seen, you know, I've, I've watched the last couple of times, you know, like even with, with Mr. Wiggles or whatever, he doesn't jam it that hard. So I, I don't understand why it leaves a, a mark like that. I've never had a shot that has left a ring on, on my, my arm, especially like days after. I mean, you barely even see the puncture mark. I mean, maybe it's a different type of needle, but my goodness. So Harrison wakes up. He's like, oh, like rubbing his eyes. And there's like a tree in presence. So he's like, is this for me? So he like smiles. Uh, Dexter gives him like a, some socks and like a like a jacket or some sort of like bodysuit or, you know, something like that. Then there's a big long box. He's like, is that for me too? He's like, why don't you find out? So there's a rifle in there. He's all excited. And then, uh, then he asked, you know, he's like checking out. And he asked Dexter, he's like, do you use this when you go after the bad guys? And he's like, no. He's like, never. He's like, guns are loud and messy. He's like, plus I'm not a very good shot. So they go outside to shoot. Like there's some a couple of bottles set up. Uh, he At first, you know, he doesn't take the safety off. And, you know, and then he misses, Harrison misses like the first shot. He's, Dexter's about to help him. He's like, no, 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 I got this. So then of course he, he makes the next two, which is, it's interesting because both times he, he hits like the bottom of, of the bottle. So he's consistent. I mean, there, there is that. And then he says that, you know, he was, he was thinking about Kurt last night. He's like, you know, was he going to kill me because uh, Dexter was going after him, like, with Wiggles? And then Dexter just nods. So he's like, Kurt has been killing innocent women over, the, like, the, the past 25 years. And Harrison's surprised. He's like, what? He's like, Kurt's a serial killer? He's like, how long have you known? And Dexter's like, I just found out. He's like, why didn't you tell Angela? And Dexter's like, I don't have any proof. He's like, not yet. He's like, plus, you know, Kurt's already been arrested for one murder. And Harrison's like, and he got away with it. So Harrison asks, he's like, what if I testify that Kurt tried to shoot me? It's like, that's like attempted murder. Dexter's like, well, you know, it, it raised a lot of questions. Like, what was I what was I doing out there on his property? He's like, there's just questions I, I can't answer. He's like, but I do have a plan. And then he's, he's thinking, he's like, ask me what it is. He's like, ask me or how you can help. But Harrison doesn't say anything. Then he's like, oh, I almost forgot. And he... he takes out a, like a like a book from his backpack and there's like a drawing in there it's it's a p- sketch that he drew of deb and he's like this is how i remember her which is crazy because it looked pre- i mean it, it's a pretty good likeness and for going from a memory from he when he was just a couple years old i mean i don't even remember how five at the most i i don't remember how old he was but that's like pretty dang good memory i mean it'd be one thing if he looked at a picture and drew it so Dexter's, he's just stares at him. So he's like really touched by it. He's like, I love it. Harrison says he wants to shoot more bottles, but then Dexter's like, oh, we have to exchange gifts with Angela and Audrey. So he does. I, I do have one more um, for you to, to help with the blending in stuff. So then Harrison opens the box. He's like, you're kidding. And Dexter's like, I have one too. So they arrive at Angela's 
and what the gift was was like ugly Christmas sweaters. So they're like pretty, pretty gaudy. And they both, you know, are like, oh, those are some festive sweaters or whatever. So I guess Dexter wears them every year or something like that. So things almost look like they're back to normal. You know, he he says Merry Christmas, hey babe, or whatever. He gives her like a kiss in the cheek, and you can tell she's obviously suspicious, but you know she's trying to cover it and everything. Audrey tells Harrison, she's you know when they're they're kind of like in the other room. She's like, you you seem different, like almost like happy. He's like, yeah, I found a way to deal with, with the anger. She's like, oh, that's great, you know, whatever. So then Dexter tells Angela, you know, he's like, oh, you might have to figure out what to do if the kids become an item, and she's just like doesn't say anything. So time for present. Um, Harrison gets like a, a hawk's toque, like a, a cap and some gloves from from Audrey, I guess. Uh, go hawks, you know. Dexter says that's the, the, the school mascot. Dexter gets a, another sweater that's even more like outlandish than one he's he has. Harrison um, gives Audrey a gift. He's because he says there's not like a lot of places to shop around there, but it's this blanket. She wraps it around. She's like, I love it, whatever. So she like you know gives him a kiss on the cheek or whatever. Um, then it's Angela's turn. So Dexter gives her a book, the police handbook on searches, seizures, and arrests. He says that his father, Harry, uh, had a lot of books like that and used them a lot. And he saw that she didn't have it in her library. So Angela's like, oh, it's very thoughtful. Audrey's like, and so romantic, Jim. So Dexter thinks he's like, oh, it's a successful Christmas surrounded by family. Then the doorbell rings. And Angela's like, who, who could that be? So she gets up and in here in the other room, Merry Christmas, Chief. It's Kurt. She's like, what are you doing here? And he's like, mind if I come in? So it's like, what a jerk. You, you don't just go to someone's house and ask if you can come in, even if it's winter out. You know? So Dexter and Harrison both stand up. And Kurt's, he's like, oh, I bought a little gift to show there's no hard feelings. Then he sees Jim and Harrison there. He's like, oh, if I'd known you were going to be here, I would have brought a little something as well. And then he says something else. But then he's like, oh, I'm just jealous of Jimbo getting to spend a holiday with his son. It's like no one's like, well, says like, well, where is Matt? You know, no one asks about that. When he leaves, Dexter's like, oh, you know, we need to get going too. And, and Harrison's like, yeah, we, we got that. We made those those plans. Andre, Audrey and An Angela are like both surprised. So they, they said they had plans to go shooting. Then when they leave, Audrey's like, that was weird, right? And Angela's like, you know, she obviously agrees, but she's like, well, it's his first Christmas with the sun in a while, but. Obviously, you know, she's, she thinks something's up. Outside, Harrison says, like, he didn't run. He's like, what if he goes after Audrey? And, and he's like, you know, he's like, what if we, we did what you did to Wiggles? And Dexter's like, we need proof first. So Angela goes to the animal vet. You know, she says that she's just following up on some things. And she asks about purchases of a ketamine. Uh, so the, the, the vet lady looks. She's like, oh, there's three in the last month. And, you know, she looks at them. She's like, oh, and there's one for your, your boyfriend, Jim. He needed it for his goat. Vincent Van Gogh. Such a funny name. So Harrison and Dexter are sitting out. He, Harrison's using the drone that, that Kurt gave him. He's like, thanks, Kurt. So they're, they're like flying over his cabin. Then they, they sit there silently. Then Harrison's like, I have to tell you something. He's like, you were right about what I did with Ethan. He's like, I set the whole thing up. So, and, you know, it's just so I could, I could get away with it. It's like, I even made myself look like a hero. And he's like, how did you know? And Dexter's like, blood splatter analysis from my homicide days. Harrison says he's sorry for treating him like poop. He's like, he was just afraid. And then he's like, you know, he asked Dexter, he's like, why didn't you tell me before? And Dexter's like, I wanted to try other things first. Harrison gets at why he was so closed. He's like, oh, like therapy. He's like, I get why you're so closed off. He's like, I knew you were hiding something. Then Harrison brings up Wiggles. And, and then he's like, 
So he's like, you said that you made sure he didn't hurt anyone else again. He's like scaring the poop out of him or hurting him. Doesn't feel like justice. And Dexter looks at him. He's like, well, what would justice feel like to you? And Harrison says, he's like, when I was 12 years old, I started having fantasies about hunting down a Trinity killer. Uh, you know, he just up and disappeared. He's like, I wanted to kill him with his own razor. He's like, and he's like, I want to do it slowly. Deb is like up here and she's just standing there. She's like shaking her head. No. Dexter, she's like, I understand. Then Dexter sees something in a drone. He's like, oh, can you zoom in there? She's like, that's right about where Kurt disappeared. And he's like, you know, then they, they see like something. They're like, maybe that's where he kills and keeps his trophies. Because, you know, they're talking about, you know, of course he has a trophy or keeps trophies. So uh, they see like a pipe. He's like, is that a vent? Then Harrison, he's like, let's go. And Dexter's like, the first rule is not to get caught. He's like, we'll come back tonight and, and check it out. So Angela is listening to the, the Bay Harbor Butcher podcast episode. And uh, she gets a phone call from Dexter and asks, he asks if it's okay if they don't come over tonight because, you know, him and Harrison are really bonding and they're going to go on like on a night hike and just look at the, the blood moon or whatever. She's like, oh, that's fine, whatever. And he's like, Merry Christmas, love you. And she's just like, Merry Christmas to you too. So she doesn't say it back. And so Kurt, meanwhile, is listening to the song Runaway or whatever, and he's like cleaning his rifle. He has like two bullets. Dexter is in his shed and Deb's like, this is too much. She's like, and he says that he wants to help Harrison like Harris, like Harry helped him. And you know, he's like, I'm not pushing any ideas on him. So Angela keeps listening. The, the, pod, the episode's like so overly dramatic. It's, and, and then Audrey comes up behind her, like accidentally scares her. And, and Angela's like, you know, she's like, or Audrey notices the, the podcast. She's like, oh, yeah, you know, whatever. And Audrey or Angela's like, do you think they got the wrong guy? And Audrey's like, I don't know. Um, but if he was a wrong guy, whatever, she's like, I'd be scared to put myself out there like Molly is doing. So then she says goodnight to Audrey, and then um, Angela, she tries calling Molly. And it's like, hi, you've reached my merry effing voicemail. It's like, oh, my God. <laughs> so she doesn't answer. Kurt is wearing his white snow outfit. And he's like spraying Dexter's cabin with like a hose, and obviously it's gas. There's, he has like a big like gasser uh, tanker truck, and he's like leads it to like the fire pit, and then he's like Merry Christmas, Jimbo, and he, he climbs up on top of, of the, the the tanker truck, and he has his his rifle with the laser scope. It seems like like it's just such a cheat to have to use a laser scope. It's like you you have you're such a bad shot that that's the only way you can take someone out or whatever. As the fire starts catching, he, he's, like, waiting for them to run out. And he's just, like, muttering to himself. It's like he's just so, so out of it. But obviously they're not home. And they're they're on the, the RTV, the, whatever, the little snowcat thing, and the four-wheeler. They they arrive at by uh, Kurt's cabin. And, you know, at, at the spot, the location that they looked at, there's, like, a padlock, like, kind of, like, hidden on the ground with, like, some debris and stuff. So Dexter picks it. And then Harrison's like, can you teach me how to do that? And Dexter looks at him and nods. Then Dexter tells him, he's like, why don't you stay out here and stand guard? And Harrison's like, no, I have to see this. He's like, okay. So Dexter starts climbing down. He's like, whoa. He's like, there's a, a camera and there's like a tripwire. Then he's like, oh, it's fine. And you know, it's time for Kurt to know that his, all his secrets are out. So Jim's cabin is, or Dexter's cabin is like engulfed in flames. And then, you know, Kurt's like waiting. He's like, come on, come on. He's like waiting for him to come out. And his like phone like buzzes or whatever. And he's like annoyed. He has to take off his glove. And he turns on. He sees like Harrison, you know, a big sh screenshot of like Harrison climbing down the ladder. And he's like, he's just like so angry. So they, they find Kurt's like operating room. And in, in the, the back, there's this other room. And it looks like there's like a bunch of pens or there's like something almost look like like arcade cabinets, you know, like games. And uh, 
it t- turns out there's bodies. He keeps the bodies in and they're like preserved in like these cases. They almost look like they kind of look like the the fortune teller, um, Madame Tussauds or whatever, not Tussauds, like the, you know what I'm talking about. So he, he, that's why he was so angry when he shot that, that girl in the face because he wants them all. They're like wearing like white shirts or dresses or whatever. And they're like overly makeup and they're just like preserved in these things. And this room, it just, it goes way back. Cause as Harrison's like walking out, like lights keep like turning on. And at the end, Molly is in one. So it's like, we didn't even see this happen. It's like, when did this happen? So Harrison's like, he's been getting away with this for years. He's like, so many women dead. And he's like, until you found them. And he's like, he, he looks at, at Dexter. He's like, you killed Wiggles, didn't you? And Deb like holds Dexter. She's like, please don't. So Dexter walks closer and he's like, I did. He's like, and I took care of Arthur Mitchell too, Trinity. He's like, I killed him for what he did to your mother, for what he did to so many others. Harrison's like, this mofo has to die too. And Dexter's like, you know, grabs him by, by the head and like kisses him on the forehead. So Angela's at the tavern talking to like the, the checkout dude or whatever. He's like, when did Molly check out? And he, he's like, oh, it was like on the, t- the 23rd right before Christmas. Figured she was heading home for the holidays. And she, and Angela's like, but you didn't see her leave? He's like, no, but her, her luggage was gone. So there's just like, he, she left a note saying thanks for the stay or something like that. So then Angela's like looking around. Then she goes to the safe. She's like, why is the safe locked? So he takes his key and unlocks it. It's like, I didn't think they could unlock it that easily. Uh, but inside there's like maybe a camera and Molly's uh, like little recorder are in there. So Kurt is at home. He's like packing things in a bag. He goes to his safe. There's like an envelope of cash, takes a pistol. And then Harrison walks in. He's like, hey, F.O., because that's like what uh, Harris. That's what Kurt did to Harrison when he saw him at Angela's. So Kurt puts on his bag to get his pistol out, and Dexter walks up behind him and injects him in the neck, and he just goes down. And he like just, you know pushes him over on, on his, his sofa. So Dexter's putting sheets of plastic down all over the floor in, in like the trophy room, and Harrison's like, he's like, why why are you doing all this? And Dexter explains, you know, about preserving the scene, you know, making no evidence and all that stuff like that. And then Harrison's like, how many times have you done this? And he's like, a lot. He's like, how many? And Dexter thinks to himself, he's like, go big or go home. He's like, probably in the hundreds. And Harrison's like, holy poop. Then he's like, that means you've saved like thousands of innocent people. Dexter kind of thinks about it and he like smiles. And he asks Harrison, he's like, are you ready? He's like, anytime you're unsure, you, you can just go outside. He's like, there's no shame. He's like, the first time can be a lot. And he's like, no, I'm fine. So he uses smelling salt, wakes up Kurt. He's like struggling, which is weird because usually Dexter tapes like the head down, but he didn't tape down uh Kurt's head so he's like struggling he's like WTF and then Dexter grabs his head he's like shh he's like you know and Kurt he's like he's like why are you doing this and Dexter's like look around you and he's like okay yeah you got me it's all me every bit of it pretty effing amazing huh and Harrison's like what he's like you murdered women and Kurt's like no I saved them he's like they're just runaways he's like do you have any idea the trauma they're gonna go through and he's he's like I do. He's like I saw it firsthand. He's like what my father would do to them. I'd pick them up off the road, give them a meal, a room, and safety. But it was never enough. They always wanted to go back out there. So I preserved them. He's like I kept them safe forever. And Dexter says like he's like BS. He's like this wasn't about saving anyone. It was about power. He's like you loved the power you had over them. It fed the darkness inside you. You loved the hunt, the capture, their terrors, feed, you know, just feeding you. He's like you know you deserve to die. And Kurt's like oh wow Jimbo, you really get me, don't you? Then he's like, so what is this, some sort of like vigilante team, you know, father and son? 
And he's like, don't get me wrong, I'm kind of jealous. He's like, you know, I enjoyed the time I spent with, with Harrison. And Harrison's like, well, then why did you try to kill me? And Kurt's like, oh, poop. He's like, he doesn't know. He doesn't know what you did to Matt, does he? So he tells Harrison, he's like, it was a revenge for killing my son. An eye for an eye, a son for a son. So Dexter said that Matt fit the code. He's like, five people died because of him. And he's like, they didn't receive justice because Kurt covered for him. And Kurt's like shocked. He's like, this is your rationale for killing people? It's like a, a BS justice code. Dexter shoves like something in his mouth that like just shut him up. Then he pulls out his big knife. And Dexter says, he's like, when Matt was on my table, he blamed you for everything. Just like you blame your dad. So he tells Harrison, he's like, you don't have to watch. But Harrison's like, no, I'm good. But you can see he's he's like a little like wavering. So Dexter raises a knife, thrusts it down. Like Harrison's just watching. The blood starts spreading under the plastic. Dexter, like, you can see, you know, he's breathing heavy. You know, it's like the release, you know, because he obviously gets something from it. You know, it feeds his dark passenger. So then he asks Harrison, he's like, are you okay? And he's like, yeah, I think so. And he's like, if you want to go upstairs for air, you can. He's like, you know, my work isn't done here. He's like, Kurt has to be, you know, disposed of. And Harrison's like, no, I'm ready. So Dexter starts like sawing, you know, his, his parts off. Harrison's watching. Then he, you know, he asks him for some garbage bags. He's like, I, I usually cut them into nine pieces, you know, depending on how, how big they are. And you can see like the blood is starts dripping on the floor, you know, like under, underneath Kurt. And, uh, Harrison's like just staring at it and he's thinking back to like the bathtub his mother you know the, the blood the pool of blood starts approaching like his feet and he kind of like gasps and then he's like he's like oh I'm, I'm okay he's like I'm just gonna go get some air like he said so he climbs out and he's just taking some deep breaths outside so then later Dexter like heaves the you know bags of, of parts out he asks Harrison to put them in the back of the RTV and then they go to the incinerator. They dump them in there together. And Harrison asks, he's like, what happens when people notice he's missing? Dexter says that, well, he took care of that when he was trying to escape. He's like, you know, Angel will look at the place he was ransacked. You know, he packed his bag, grabbed all his money from the safe. Everyone will think he fled. You know, people run from their lives all the time. So Dexter, as he asks, he's like, what about the dark passenger? And Harrison says something. He's like, oh, it's, it's quiet now. And Dexter's like, yeah, that's how it works. He's like, that's how we keep it under control. Harrison says, yeah, and the world's a better place for it. And Dexter's like, that's the idea. He's like, let's go home. So they, they drive home, and they see, like, smoke in the distance. And then when they get to the, the cabin's torch, there's firefighters there. Audrey runs up to him. She's like, I thought you were dead. And Angela's there. She's like, where were you? And he's like, he's like, like I said, he's like, I took Harrison out to see the blood moon. And he's like, what the hell happened here? Angela's like, I was hoping you could tell me. Uh, and she says, like, I tried calling you. Why didn't you answer? He's like, I turned my phone off to, to say present for Harrison. And she's like, what time did you leave? And he's like, it was around 10 p.m. He's like, we took the RTV out. And Audrey's like, they have to stay with us. Angela's like, what? And Dexter's like, no, it's okay. We can stay at the, at the end. And Audrey's like, no, no, just like they, they have to stay with us. So they arrive at Angela's. Audrey's like, like, oh, you guys are probably hungry. And they're like, yeah. And Angela's, she's like, looks kind of confused. There's a letter in her mailbox with her name. And, you know, Dexter's like, well, I'll go help with it. She's like, I'm the, the breakfast king. So she opens it. There's just like a sheet of paper in there. And the only thing is written on her. It says, Jim Lindsay killed Matt Caldwell. And then um, there's like a couple screws in, in the envelope, the, the titanium surgery screws or whatever. So then she stares at, at Dexter in the kitchen. He smiles and then she like fake smiles back. So... Uh, yeah, one more episode. Things aren't going to go well. And 
I don't know because so the the letter has to be from Kurt. I don't you know I don't know if she'll recognize the handwriting or whatever, but because obviously the screws are from him. Or but it's like when would he have put him there? Did he leave it there when he left and then she just didn't notice? It's, it's or did he? Yeah, I don't know when he would have put it there. Did someone else put it there? So that's that's a big question. But um, yeah, stuff's gonna go down because in the previews it looks like like uh dexter's getting his mugshot so obviously that could be for something else but is he suspected i mean they're not going to find his body i mean if they go to the incinerator will there be any remains you know if they sift through i don't know so one more episode and then maybe this is the only season maybe dexter's gets busted finally and goes to jail i don't know okay then the book of boba fett (laughs) Uh, season one, episode two, chapter two, the tribes of Tatooine. So th- for those, because uh, I, I heard her from, from, you know, I've seen different people where they weren't super crazy about the first episode of Book of Boba Fett. You know, some people said it was a little boring. It was, it was a little or not quite what they wanted or expected or whatever. This one, I feel, picks things up a little bit more. And, you know, we're kind of seeing, you know, like, why are we getting these flashbacks? You know, do we need these flashbacks? In? And it is, I, I do feel it's important to really show like what happened in between uh then and now you know like like when uh because you know we, we saw when boba fett escaped from from the sarlacc and what what i think people need to realize and, and you know maybe it might not be super obvious with the way they depicted it and they're, they're kind of showing that it wasn't that easy of a thing you know because in return of the jedi through c3po talks about like what happens when you're eaten or swallowed by the sarlacc and you know the thousand years of digestive whatever so boba fett really had to you know crawl out of there and i it's it's been years and years and years since i've read that story but i think in the original tales from the bounty hunter story because like when boba fett crawled out his armor was kind of like melted because like all the stomach acids and stuff like that and uh you know, he, so we're seeing a little bit that he's kind of where, where it's, it's a little unclear you know, we, we see that he's scarred up and everything like that. So I'm, I'm assuming that's that's from, you know, escaping from there. And we know he has to go into back to tank, you know, to he help heal himself. But he's not doing that when he's in the flashback stories with the Tusken Raiders. So, you know, maybe there, there's some other reason why he's he's constantly having to, to go in, in the back to tank. I think also maybe it has something to do with the fact that he's a clone. And, you know, he's getting old because, you know, the, the clones might not last as long as, you know, a regular human being. So, you know, that could be the other reason. So anyways, jumping into the episode, it starts off at Jabba's palace. Fennec brings her her prisoner, the assassin that tried um, taking out Boba Fett in, in this, the city. They're like walking up on foot. Um, Boba Fett questions him. You know, who sent him? What were his orders? The dude's just sitting there. He like won't speak. And then uh, he motions to the, the Gamorrean guards. He's like, well, if he won't speak, he won't need his head. So one's like, whoosh, th- puts a blade, like swings it like real close to its, its throat and then like looks at Boba Fett and awaits orders. The prisoner just looks at at, at him and then in hut, knee, hut knees, he says, Ichuta, which I didn't think that was hut knees. I thought it was some other language, but maybe it is. So Ichuta, as you know, is a profanity uh first heard in uh empire strikes back but it was that was the thing it was a droid that said the c-3po and on bespin city anyways boba calmly says we spared your life after you tried to take mine and you curse me 
So then he's like, what do we know of him? So 88, the droid says that he's of the order of the Nightwind. So Boba Fett knows who they are, what that means. That means that he's an assassin for hire. And 88's like, yes, very expensive. Then Fennec's like, overpriced. You're paying for the name. 88's like, there's no way that he's going to talk. So Boba Fett knows, you know, about the reputation. And, and then 88 again says that, you know, he's not going to talk. So the, the, the assassin dude, then he just like bows his head forward. It's like, you know, t- leaning towards the blade a little more. He's just like, kill me because he's like, I'm not going to talk. So Fennec's like, well, perhaps he'll fear to rancor. And this kind of gets his attention. He's like, what? And then she hits the switch like on, uh, on uh, Boba's whatever, his seat thing. And a trap door opens and the dude falls down there. So he's like in the, the rancor pit. And then the big door where the rancor stays starts slowly opening up. And he's like starts starts freaking out. And, and he yells. He's, he's looking up. He's like, I was sent by the mayor. The mayor sent me. He's like, let me out. Then Fennec yells down, it's empty. And she's like, you know, like not order the night wind or whatever. And you see this little mouse like squeaking inside. So then Fennec suggests to Boba, like, you know, maybe we should visit the mayor. So Boba Fett, Fennec, and the Gamorreans walk through the big city. They have the prisoner tied up. And they're just kind of like, you know, bringing him along. People in the streets are staring at them. And then they just head into the mayor's place. So there's this like clerk dude at, at the front. He's like, oh, do you have an appointment? And then uh, he's like, no, whatever. He's like, I have something that belongs to him. So then the major domo come. He's like, he's like, oh, he's like, uh, you know, he tells the receptionist guy here. He's like, I apologize for the lack of of pomp upon your arrival. He's like, but I did not see your litter arrive. Because, you know, everyone's keen on, you know, whoever's in charge has to be carried around like they're incompetent, whatever. But then he's like, we're honored by your visit. But I regret to inform you that the mayor is indisposed for the rest of the week. Boba Fett just starts walking past the, the like the front desk thing, and the major domo he's just like, oh no no, he's like that area is restricted, whatever. He goes in the back room, the mayor is just sitting there in like his little throne chair. And so he's an Ithorian, so those are the the hammerhead creatures. His name is is Shiz, S H A I Z. So he's just sitting there, and then he's like, who is this who enters unannounced? And Boba's, Boba Fett's like, you know damn well who. And then he asks, he's like. If you don't know who I am, why'd you send this assassin after me? And he like throws a dude at, at his feet. The major domo tries assuring the, him. He's like, oh, the mayor had nothing to do with it. Then the, the mayor is like, he's a member of the Order of the Night Wind. And, you know, he's speaking in, in his own language and it's being translated like right away. So he said, this is a member of the Order of Night Wind. Uh, Boba asks, he's like, oh, so you're admitting it. The mayor motions to one of the guards and he shoots the assassin. So everyone then draws their guns, you know, Fennec and Boba, you know, the Gamorreans are on guard. And then, you know, there's other guards in in the room, you know, they're holding their gun. The mayor's like, the order of the night wind are not allowed to operate outside a hut space. Thank you for turning him in. Then he says uh, to his major domo, he's like, give this man his reward. So the guards stand down and Boba Fett's like, he's like, I'm not a bounty hunter. The mayor's like, oh, I've heard otherwise. And then he says that he, he's like, I know you're sitting on the throne of your former employer. And Boba's like, Bib Fortuna was not my employer. The mayor says like, oh, but it was Jabba the Hutt's throne. And he's like, yes, and now it's mine. And I will take this payment as what you should have brought me as tribute. And then he's like, you know, you should remember you serve as long as the Daimo of Tatooine deem it so. So Boba Fett starts to walk out. Then the mayor is like, before you threaten me, you should ask yourself, who really sent the night wind? 
He's like, I have no motive. As you said, I serve at your pleasure. Boba Fett says, he's like, I'm not a fool. He's like, those who thought otherwise no longer draw breath. The mayor says that the tribute he offers is some advice. Running a family is more complicated than bounty hunting. And he's like, go to Garza's sanctuary. You will see what I speak of. So to go to that sanctuary place again, uh, Madam Garza comes out to talk to him. And he's like, what's going on here? He's like, the mayor sent me here as if there's something I should know. So, and then he's like, and you're sweating like a gumta on Mustafar. She's like, you haven't heard? She's like, the twins have laid claim to their late cousin's bequest. Boba says, like, it's like they're preoccupied with the debauchery on and Hutta. He's like, to bother with any ambition on Tatooine. And she kind of like looks behind him and like the music stops and you hear like some drum beats like in, in the distance. So Boba and Fennec go outside and you see two huts are being carried down the streets. So this must be their idea of a litter. It's this huge like platform thing. I was like, I'm surprised that this thing is holding them. So they they, they come up to him. One hut says that there's there's business to discuss. So Boba, he's like, this is my territory. And they said it was Jabba and now it's there. So, you know, they, they, the one's like holding out this thing. And Boba's like, I don't care what your tablet says. And then this fierce looking Wookiee comes up with a gun. He walks out like out of the shadows. So this is, uh, he's been in the comic. I think his name is Black, Black Kirsten or something like that. Um, and Boba says, he's like, bring in as many guards as you want. The territory is mine. So the, the, there's a, a female and a male, you know, they're twin huts. The female, she's like with this fan. She's like, oh, we should just kill him, whatever. And he's speaking to Hutnese. And then he's like, he's, Boba Fett's like, your cousin Jabba is dead. His cowardly major domo usurped his territory. He's like, I killed him and now it's mine. He's like, all this belongs to me now. And then he's like, you know, your, your sister is right. If you want it, you'll have to kill me for it. So then uh, the hut says, you know, the, the, he's mainly doing all the talking, the, the male one. He says that bloodshed is bad for business. They can deal with it later. And he's like, sleep lightly, bounty hunter. And then they, the, the dude's carrying the, the litter or whatever. They turn it around. They start walking out there. The Wookiee just like glares at Boba Fett and, and follows. So then Boba takes off his helmet again for some reason. He's always taking his helmet off. Which is just, and Fennec's like, they're huts. We'd have to get permission to kill them. Then he's, Boba Fett's like, he says, like, maybe it's settled. And she's like, you don't really think so. And he's like, no. So later he goes to his back, the tank. And then we get a flashback to the Tuscans. So he's training with like a gaffy stick with, with one of the Tuscans. The Tuscan's getting angry that he's not holding it right. And like slaps him on the head. <laughs> and then, you know, he gets a stick knocked out of his hand. He picks it up and he like comes back for more. You know, he wants to, you know, continue his training. In a distance, you hear like this big roar. So it's like, is, is this a crate dragon? No, it's like this big, long train transport. As it drives by, like it starts shooting lasers. You know, there's whatever marauders inside. Tuscans are getting shot. Banthas, poor Banthas get hit. Um, and they don't stop. They just, just go right by him. Boba tries like helping some to safety or whatever. So I don't know if this was the desert pirates that we saw in the last episode, like attacking some farm or whatever. At night, the Tuscans are burning their dead. Then um, he sees something in the dark, so he goes to the leader. He says that he'll stop the train, They're, and they, they, they tell him that he can't. He says that he'll take a rifle and a stick, and he'll be back by morning. So he finds uh, the pirates hanging out in this little tavern, and um, they there's this, like this couple up there, like this, this guy and this lady, 
and one one of the marauder dudes pirates where he goes up helps himself to like the, the human dudes like chips and drinks or whatever and the guy's like this ain't right it's like you know then he like stands up and they start like attacking him so this couple does this fixer and cammy so fixer and cammy are luke skywalker's friends so if you've seen the deleted scenes from a new hope there's scenes where you see them and they're, they were kind of mean to Luke a little bit, you know, they gave him a hard time and, you know, because Luke was looking at his binoculars and, you know, he saw like when the Star Destroyer captured Princess Leia's, you know, starship or whatever. So it, it was just cool that they're, they're, but it's kind of sad. It's like, they're still a tattooing. <laughs> Anyways. So uh, they're, they're getting hassle. Like they're the, the, one of the Marauders is about to take out Fixer, but then Boba walks in. And just like looks at him. They have like these big stun batons, everything like that. So they start attacking him. Um, one goes to shoot, and then he shoots it first. And he's like beating this other one with like the, the rifle, and then it breaks. So he just like throws it. So he starts using um, the, the stick that he has, and like his fist, he's like taking them out. They're all knocked out or dead or whatever. So he just takes like a drink, and then he walks out. Doesn't say anything to anyone. He um, looks outside. There's like their speeder bikes are out there. So he decides to take one of them and he's like towing four of them behind him when the tuscans hear him coming they're like all ready to shoot because you know they don't know who's coming at them one looks at binoculars and stops them so he comes up to him he's like a gift to you and then the tuscans start like going around uh, the speeder bikes and start like smashing them and stuff like that and he's like whoa no no and he's like those are mine he's like i will teach you to ride and you know he's trying to explain it to him and you know do like hand gestures and stuff like that he's like this is how we will stop the train so he shows them like how to make it go, how to stop, and how to go reverse. Um, of course, there's a little wackiness as you know they're they're trying to fly or you know drive these things. They start to get the hang of it. Then we see he does some more training with the stick. He's getting better. The train finally is, is going to be coming. So some get behind the dunes ready to shoot. Another Tuscan and a Banther get shot. Um, the speeder bikes come at them. One um, bike gets shot like right away. Other Tuscans are, are set up and like shooting at them, at shooting at the train. And then uh, some are getting knocked down. Boba's uh, his bike gets shot, but it's just kind of smoking, so he can still kind of you know drive it. Eventually, he and another Tuscan have to jump out uh, onto the train. They're walking along the top of the train. Um, Once uh, one Tuscan smashes his speeder into the the speeder bike into the train like jumps on climbs through a window boba fett um you know he makes it to the front he tells a droid that's piloting he's like stop this train but it just jumps out the window so the engine is like overloading it's like sparking stuff like that so he manages to stop it and it's just like smashes into the ground there's like this big long fight so i'm really kind of condensing things but um so they, they've stopped the train they're starting to take supplies out there's like guns and you know all these other crates and stuff like that so the, the other marauders whoever and they're, they're kind of like being held prisoner then he's like who is the leader so one steps forward and he's like, are you going to kill us? And then Boba's like, that depends on how you answer. He's like, are you carrying spice? And they're like, spice, what's that? He's like, you know, from the slave mines of Kessel. And then he's like, what does spice look like? And a couple of Tuscans have a, a box and it kind of like slips out of their hand and there's like spice in there. And he's like, like that. He's like, this is not looking good for you. And then uh, the leaders, he's like, we thought that, you know, they were just uncivilized raiders. He's like, we're just protecting our stuff. Boba stands. He's like, these sands are no longer free for you to pass. These people lay ancestral claim to the Dune Sea. And if you are to pass, a toll is to be paid to them. Any death dealt from the passing freighters will be returned tenfold. So he's like, go tell your syndicate. He's like, now walk. He's going to make them walk to the nearest city or whatever. 
He's like, you'll get to Anchorhead by sunset if you leave now. The leader's like, but we'll be killed. And Boba's like, you now travel under the protection of the Tuscans. No harm will come to you. So then it's nighttime. The the chieftain, whatever, you know, he's talking. He says, there's many different tribes. They hide among the sand. And um, then he's like, you know, Boba's like, they shouldn't have to hide their warriors. But the chieftain says, you know, he's like, they have machines. And the, the, the leader, then he says he has a gift for Boba. So he says that, you know, he's a good guide. Now this will guide him. So he opens up this little thing. There's like a little lizard in there. And he says that the, the chieftain says that he'll let it. Or no, Boba's like, he's like, I'll let it guide me. The chieftain like, sprinkles some like sand or some powder in Boba Fett's face. The, the lizard leaps out onto Boba Fett's face and it goes up his nose. And, and he's like, oh, he's like, oh, sorry. I think I swallowed it. The Tuscan's like, it will guide you from inside your head. So then things start to get a little trippy, like Boba starts getting blurred vision. And then he, like we see him like walking through the desert at night. And then there's like flashes like where he's in his old armor and everything like that. Um, there's like lightning in the sky. He comes up to this old tree and there's like these red glowing eyes in a tree. And then like the branches kind of envelop him kind of then it's almost like it kind of cuts like the sarlacc wrapping around him. And we see him holding his dad's helmet. You know, and then he's on Camino, Slave One's flying away, and then we see him like crawling out of the sand. So finally he like snaps his branch off. So the next day he like walks back to the camp and he, you know, he has this big branch in his hand. The chieftain opens a little case and then the lizard crawls out of his nose and back into the case. So the, the chieftain asks to see the branch and then they go in this, this tent. They, they wrap Boba Fett in, like, these black robes and everything like that. They wrap his hands, and, and they cover, you know, he has, like, now, a, like, a, a hood that he can put on. And with this new outfit, the others kind of nod in approval. So these are, like, the, like the black outfits that make these Tuscans seem different from the other Tuscans, which I guess if there's all these different tribes. So these are, like, different than, like, the Tuscans that Anakin attacked, I guess. You know, those were more fierce. And these guys are, are, are kind of nice and kind of cool. So like the little Tuscan runs to his side and everything like that. And so they, they go out to this like work area, whatever. And this Tuscan starts like working on the branch and like showing how to do it, like how to sand it down and, and everything like that. So they're making him a gaffy stick. And then, you know, he like carves the end of it and everything like that. They heat it and finish it. They add some blades and it looks like really nice. It's you know really good job. And then later they start like they have another like campfire and they're like kind of doing these dance moves around her. And that's how it ends. So like, these episodes kind of have like these weird endings where it's just it's almost like kind of abrupt because like the first episode it ends where you know Boa Fett wins her respect he, they he they give him some water and he's like ah. <laughs> and this one it ends with them like kind of dancing around so it's just like okay so I don't know how you feel I mean I, I appreciate the flashbacks but it also it just it seems I, I don't know it seems a, a little weird but I, I'm fine with it. so it was, it was a cool episode though and. Uh, you know the the cami and fixer thing was a little fan servicey, but it was it was kind of neat to see that. So now that makes that deleted scene canon in a way. So that was cool. So I'm I'm digging it. I'm enjoying the show, and uh, I can't wait for it for the next one. And I just so I wonder did the hut send the the assassins after Boba Fett, and then did the assassin lie when he said that the mayor sent him, or did the mayor really send him? And then the mayor's lying. So there's a, a lot we don't know. And I don't think, I, I think Garza can be trusted, you know, but we'll have to see. So I, I'm really, I'm really enjoying the show. So I'm, I'm happy it's on. All right, let's talk Cobra Kai season four. 
I think I'm going to do episodes one through five. Let's do half the season this week, do the other half the, the following week. So I'm going to give you full disclosure. Um, I'm actually recording this segment early. I, I had a, some time available. I was like, why don't I just record this? So I'm only going to talk about these five episodes. I, start, I started watching episode six, but I thought it could be kind of interesting to talk about these episodes without seeing the full season. Because, you know, there I, I may have some unfair critiques about certain things that happen that's because i haven't seen like the end game like where the season is supposed to be headed and and there could be things that are being set up but i I thought that could make it a little interesting and then uh next week when i talk about the second half i'll fully admit it's like yeah i complained about this or i said this and and then it actually built to this and that was pretty cool or that was pretty weak they could you know you get the idea and also because i i figure i'm gonna go in depth with this so you know look at the time codes if, if you're not 100 percent interested or if you don't want uh full full-on spoilers or anything but i, I figured let, let's just dive into it like for the most part like almost, almost blow by blow just to to go over what happened that way in case you haven't watched it don't are interested but don't have the time to watch it maybe you're not sure if you want to watch it so you can hear what happened and and so forth so it's if hopefully you've been watching or you've been following the other episodes where you know you, you can see what happened i believe if you um if you click on the link on, on entertainmentfish.com there should be a uh at, at the bottom, there'll be like a, a tag for like other items, and there should be a Cobra Kai tag. And if you click on that, maybe I should just write this up and, and put in text. You can see like the other episodes, an easy way to see like what other episodes I talked about Cobra Kai seasons one, two, and three. So uh, it, it starts off with uh, so last season, uh, it looks like. Uh, LaRusso, Daniel, and Johnny might be teaming up against Cobra Kai against against uh, Kreese, and uh, the the gauntlet was thrown down. The All Valley Tournament is coming up, so it's going to be LaRusso. It's going to be Danielson and and Johnny versus Kreese, and the winner or, or the loser has to give up teaching karate because Kreese is just like he's gone gone bonkers and everything like that. So it's and then at the end it, it starts off with a uh, Kreese making. A phone call to a certain uh, former associate of his, which if you've seen, spoiler, Karate Kid 3, you know who this guy is. So, episode uh, season 4, episode 1, 401, whatever, let's begin. It starts off, you see this long-haired dude in this silk robe playing the piano. It's like in this big ritzy house, like off the beach and everything like that. He gets a call. It is weird because his phone, it says like unknown call and he answers it. Who answers an unknown call? <laughs> I sure don't. It's like straight to voicemail. If, if it's someone I know or whatever, you got something to say, leave a message and I'll get back to you. If I don't know who you are, it's most likely a sales. I don't care. So he answers it and it's Crease. And you know, he starts saying, he's like, oh, it's been a long time or something like that. <laughs> and then he just hangs up on him. It's like, okay, that didn't quite go... As, as we thought so maybe that's the that's it for terry silver no so then uh larusso says let's begin and they're like begin what and he's like a new era uh, so he's like many of us were enemies you know so they're all together at miyagi do at his his whatever his little training thing uh you know stakes are higher than ever they'll use uh you know cobra kai will use every dirty trick in the book and the only way to beat them and then johnny interrupts is to kick their ass you know strike first he, or he's like they strike first we'll pre-strike <laughs> 
which that makes no sense at all. But that's that's Johnny Lords is uh, his his philosophy and everything. Uh, so they, they clearly have a you know difference in teaching. You know, like the wax on, wax off, and, and you know they're, they're doing that with the cars. And then Johnny just has him cleaning out like his car and everything, like you know throwing out all the beer cans and everything like that. Not quite getting the point of what Daniel's trying to do. And then it cuts to Cobra Kai. We see Tor, Tori hitting a practice dummy she's thinking back to sam she's got lots of anger and she hears like the other dudes talking and she tells him that they're pathetic you know miguel just got out of wheelchair and he still kicked their asses whatever then robbie strolls in and she's like oh look who showed up and crease decides to talk to him and you know robbie's like i just needed a place to crash you know it doesn't mean i want to be in the pond in a bet that you made with my dad and mr Lurso. crease keeps trying to pump him up she's like oh you know you're so good and blah 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 all stuff like that then we see Johnny makes dinner for Miguel, uh, Miguel's mom, Carmen, and and the grandma. And Miguel mentions, you know, Johnny going on a date with the love of his life, Allie. And 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 Carmen's, like, looking at him. And he's, like, trying to stop Miguel from talking or whatever. He's like, oh, it wasn't a big deal. He's like, yeah, but, you know, we took all those pictures and all the stuff like that. So it uh, it was just a little, little awkward for him and Carmen because they're, like, taking a break or whatever. You know, they weren't sure where they're going. Crease goes to the big ritzy house, to Terry Silver's house, and, and then they, they come face to face. You know, he goes around the back, and it turns out Terry's having like this big party, and uh, so it, it's obviously that you know Terry doesn't want him there. You know, because he's keeps like, like oh he because like his girlfriend Terry's girlfriend comes up and he's like oh he's just and she's like oh you should come join us. We you know we're just about to start the orders or whatever like that. Then Daniel and Johnny decide that the two dojos should train separately. Like one, you know, one will go inside, the other go outside because, you know, they're just, they're, they keep clashing with it, with everything. And then we see Robbie's like lifting weights in the back. Tori's like giving him a hard time. He's like, oh, you should be, you know, straining with, or you should be lifting with a spot or whatever. And, and she's like, you know, oh, you're just hiding now. You're, you're not doing anything. So it's just, it's just like, all right, whatever. Terry turns out has a bunch of like pretentious friends and you know crease takes some food he's like what's this and you're like oh it's tofu vegan you know this or whatever like that and he's like no thank you so he's like just like scoffing and it's like dude why don't you like try it first he's like oh because obviously the thinking is it's tofu so it's not manly enough it's like whatever and uh terrence because terry goes by terrence his girlfriend you know when uh She's like, oh, how, how'd you guys, how do you guys know each other? And Kreese is like, you know, she's like back in Nam or whatever. And she's like, oh, I didn't know you were in the military. So, you know, there's, there's a lot that Terrence isn't like telling her, you know, he's really trying to leave that life behind him. Then we see Johnny and Daniel, they're arguing. Um, and like, Hawk is, is bummed at getting beat up all, all day, you know, by, uh, by Cobra Fang. Cause you know, they, they, they see him as a traitor and everything like that. The Miyagi-Do guys are still mad at him. And so it's just like, it, is this going to work? Sam finds Robbie at a skate park. So she went and looked for him. She tries to tell him that, that you know, he's a, a, a good person and that, you know, he, or he's like, he's mad at her because, you know, she made her choice with Miguel or whatever. And she's like, your, your dad and you in your dad and my dad, you know, both know that you're good and everything like that. You know, so they're both trying to change and, but he just doesn't want anything to do with, with her then. Kreese finally gets a chance to talk to Terry. He says that he wants to finish what they started. Uh, Terry says, was like like we you did 35 years ago when you just disappeared. Kreese is like, well, I was in a bad place. And, and Terry's like, you know, look around. He's like, I'm in a good place now. And he tells him that the only person standing in his way, Kreese says the only person standing in his way is LaRusso, and that he's even teamed up with Johnny. And Terry's like, no, 
<laughs> he's like, you know, I was so hopped up on cocaine and wanted revenge. So it's nice that he admits that he was he was whacked out. That he was he's, if you ever watch, I mean, you gotta watch Karate Kid three before you watch this season. I mean, he was just the cackling and he's just like so whacked out and and so yeah, okay. I don't know if they showed him doing cocaine or anything like that, but yeah, he was he was really out of it. He was just like such a spaz. So he's like, I you know, I spent months terrorizing a high school teenager over a karate tournament. He's like, I hit rock bottom after that so i built myself back up and he says that crease's disappearance was the best thing that happened to him then we see johnny he's thinking about what he can say to, to daniel to apologize you know or to try to work things out he just he doesn't want to apologize so and then daniel shows up you know because johnny's about to call him but daniel shows up at the door and he apologizes to johnny and johnny's like yeah you should be sorry so that saves hit Johnny from having to apologize. Daniel brought a six pack of Coors Light, which is Johnny's beer. And then Johnny offers some, he's like, you want a piece of ham? He's like offering from like, like a, a deli pack slice. And there's like the, the ham juice is like pouring out. And Daniel's like, uh, no thanks or whatever. So Daniel wants them to join his dojo. And then there's more arguing, you know, cause it's basically Daniel's like, you know, you guys should become part of Miyagi Do, you know, but he, so it's like, how are, how's this ever going to work? And Johnny's like, it's, it's not. And we'll have to tell the kids, you know, tomorrow or whatever. Then we see Miguel and Sam are waiting at the dojo. Hawk shows up and he has a sledgehammer and they're like, did he just, does he have a sledgehammer? So it's like, what, what's Hawk going to do? Cause he was looking at this he, before he looked at this one painting, like in, in uh, this old Mr. Miyagi or what, it's like a, whatever Okinawan art you know thing hanging on the wall and he's like looking at the other guys like oh be careful with that and they're like just they're still mad at him because he stole the metal and everything like that so he's just upset so it's like was he gonna come like smash the place then uh Cobra Kai kids come uh and Robbie's in there he's dressed Kyler's like oh good look at this chump and Robbie's like since Crease isn't back yet that he wanted to get them warmed up and Kyler says, he's like, you you know, you've never been part of team. And now you think that you're our, our sensei. Tori kind of scoffs at him, too. Then Robbie says, OK, he's like, hit me. He's like, any of you, if any of you can land a hit, I'll I'll go. So Kyler tries, get he sweeps his legs out from beneath him. More start coming at him. And Robbie starts using like LaRusso Miyagi training. And then Tori's like holding back and watching. And then, you know, even at one point, it's like, you know, two on one. And, and Robbie's taking him out because, you know, Robbie's so awesome, right? And then Tori finally comes. And then she gets like flipped down. And he goes to check on her, you know, if she's okay. And she like kicks him from the ground like with a cheap shot. But, you know, she still got him. So then he's like, all right, a deal's a deal. I'll go. And then she's like, no, stay. So, I mean, he, he did kick all their butts and because he was showing sympathy, whatever she kicked was, that's the only way she was able to land a punch. Daniel arrives at a dojo and Johnny's already there. Then they hear smashing and Hawk is like knocking down a fence in the back and they're like, what are you doing? And he's like, you're both right. You know, talk is cheap. He's like, so I'm, I'm building a, a bridge. And Dimitri's like, it's an Okinawan sparring deck like in the old painting. You know, so that the one that Hawk was looking at the other day. He's like, look, we even have the specs or whatever. And Sam and Miguel like, and, and we're all going to build it, you know, assuming our, our senseis approve. So like the others are all out there like in this. I don't know what this section was, but I mean, apparently Daniel owns a lot of land because there's like plants and trees. And it's just it wasn't even like a garden. It was just like it seems like such a it's so weird because uh, the Miyagi-Do part is like so properly maintained and everything like that. And you got this area off on the other side of fences, just like a, a wild mess. 
So then uh, Daniel looks at Johnny and he's like, sounds good to me. And Johnny's like, sounds awesome. So Robbie is giving a pep talk to Cobra Kai. He says, you know, he used to be uh, one of, you know, he used to be part of Miyagi-Do, whatever. He's like, this officially ends today, blah, blah, blah. To defeat the enemy, it helps to know the enemy's playbook. That's why I'm going to teach you Miyagi-Do karate. And then Kreese comes in and Robbie's like, they're all warmed up for you, sir. And then Terry, meanwhile, at his rich house, you know, he goes down to wine cellar because uh, his girlfriend wanted him to get like a bottle of something, whatever. And, you know, he, he picks one out. Then he sees a bottle just like standing up. And he looks at it and he gives it like a roundhouse kick and it like the, it shatters, whatever, and, and, you know, splashes on his painting on the wall or whatever. And she's like, oh, you're right. And he's like, oh, yeah. So obviously he's starting to get the, the blood back in or the, the taste to, to go back. That's where the first episode ends. Okay, so then 402, first learn stand. <laughs> and that's a funny thing. Uh, there is one point where Daniel like quotes Mr. Miyagi and and Johnny's like, he's teaching you all this like, you know, family, like ancient, you know, karate, and you couldn't even help him with his English. Because <laughs> you know how Mr. Miyagi like port- talked the way they, they made him talk. So first learn stand. Uh, we see some kids are playing video game, or this this kid's playing this video game. It's it's it seems like such a weak game. It's like some I forgot what it's called Dragon something Dragon Lord, and he's getting ready for for school. It, it's, it's like who is this kid? This is and this is this little black kid. Not that that matters. Well, it it kind of does matter, sort of. Later we we find out. Uh, so it's his first new day at, at, at school. His mom left him a note, uh, like with some Rice Krispie treats. You know, make lots of friends. And then he, he's he's at the the bus stop. He's dancing at the corner, eating his Rice Krispie treat, and he's just like really getting into it, like spinning around, doing all this stuff. And then, of course, it's just so stupid. But I guess it's middle school. I mean, I don't know if this is how how it goes. I mean, thankfully, the kids I teach aren't that I know of aren't quite this cruel but the bus comes up and everyone sees him so they're like like making fun of him as he gets on and one of the kids at first i was like they're like hey larusso is i was like is this a flashback with with daniel then i realized it's it's daniel's son who we like never see i could i for the longest time i couldn't even remember what what his name was because like they never mentioned his name i'm like what the heck heck is his name and it's his name it happens to be anthony it's like i should have known that but so uh Little Russo, as I, um, I, I call him, him and his friends are like making fun of the new kid, which is like such a crappy thing to do, man. Why do kids have to be such little jerks? So Daniel, he's mad at at Johnny because he, he's using like an electric sander on on the deck. He's like, "What are you doing?" He's like, "This could have been a teaching moment." And he's like, "Yeah, yeah, whatever," you know, because he wanted to do the, the sandpaper, whatever, sanding circles. So then they, they're arguing again. So then they, they finally agree that Daniel will teach Johnny some of the Miyagi-Do philosophies, whatever, and Johnny will teach Daniel about using aggression and all that. So then we see Tori's waiting table. She has a new customer, and it's Amanda LaRusso. So it's it's Daniel's wife. And because, you know, first Tori doesn't see because she's got the menu up. She's like, can I get you anything? And she's like, there's just one thing I need, and that's for you to stay the hell away from my daughter. So then Tori like realizes who it is. She's like, you came to my job? And Amanda, uh, she's like, I, well, I tried calling your parents. And she's like, no call back. Big surprise. She's like, should I have kicked in your front door? Is that more your speed? 
She's like, she says like every day she gets reminders of the mess that she made. She sees her daughter recover, you know, covering bruises and scars. She's like, you know, the only reason Tori isn't behind bars is because Sam asked her not to drag this ordeal out. She's like, you can have your little tournament, but if you touch one hair on, on her head before then, she's like, you'll be scrubbing toilets in prison for the rest of your life. Like that, I don't, that's a little extreme, but you know, maybe Tori doesn't know better, whatever. And she's like, if you're lucky. So then this customer behind her is like, oh, I think, my, can I have my soup? I think I can see it on the counter. It's like, dude, how the heck do you know that that's your soup? It's If it's a bowl of soup sitting on a counter and you're in a restaurant, it's, it's like there are no other customers there. Whatever. Uh, so I was like, whatever, dude. So then Amanda says that she wants to know if Tori got the message. And then she, you know, so Tori's just like, she's kind of shocked and everything. And then she finally gets, she gets defensive. She's like, well, what if I didn't? And then Amanda stands up. And, you know, she starts saying, and then the manager comes up. She's like, everything okay? And Amanda's like, I don't know. Is it? Then the customer's like, uh, I don't want my soup to get cold, whatever. And Tori, like, slams on the phone she, or slams on the table. I, she says something about telling him to wait about his soup or whatever. And then the manager's like, that's it. He's like, leave your uniform. She's like, I'm tired of your attitude. So she gets fired. And then we see Amanda. She's like, oh, crap. And, and she kind of feels bad. Because while, you know, Tori's being a jerk and everything like that, she knows that you know there there's that she's dealing with a lot that she can't help it but that doesn't make it okay so then we see at at a middle school gym class the new kid his name's Kenny but they keep a lot of people call him new kid so new kid he, they're playing basketball or whatever and it turns out he's good so little LaRusso Anthony then you know the next time he's like oh give me the ball he tries making a basket new kid slams it slams the ball and it, it hits LaRusso in the face it, it like bounces back and he's like oh sorry and you know uh, LaRusso's friends give him a hard time. They're like, oh, why don't you use your karate? And LaRusso's like, well, uh, I can't because it could give him brain damage or something because he does not know a lick of karate. So then his friends calls him, oh, it's like, okay, LaPuso. <laughs> so then you kid walks up and he's like, sorry. He's like, it was an accident. And then little LaRusso grabs the ball. He's like, BS. And then uh, this girl comes up to him and it's a girl that I think LaRusso likes and so she or she walks up and she's like, oh, you know, give the new kid a break. You know, she's like, we have a game to win coming up or something like that. And and then a uh, new kid is like kind of looking at her. He's like, oh, you know, because she thinks she's cute or whatever. And, and she was nice. And then like LaRusso's like looking at him as he's looking at the girls because there's going to be some tension there. And it's like, what what's this subplot of the little LaRusso and new kid? It's like, that's not why we're watching Cobra, Cobra Kai, but you'll see. So Johnny is painting the, the side of the dojo, you know, doing the side to side. He's like, oh, I can do this a lot faster, faster with a, a paint sprayer. And Daniel's just like sitting in a chair. You know, he's having, he's like, oh, that's not the point, whatever. And he's having a beer. Then he's like, oh, you missed a spot. Uh, and then Johnny like throws on her brush. He's like, this is a waste of time. And John, Daniel's like, oh, you're quitting already? So Johnny takes a beer. It, it's like new moon, whatever. And he's like, He's like, oh, he kind of makes fun. He's like, oh, there's a fruit in here. He's like, no wonder. So Daniel stands up, does like a karate chop, breaks the bottle, does the, the old Miyagi trick. And Johnny's like, holy poop. He's like, how the hell did you do that? And Daniel uh, says that Miyagi dough may seem boring, but don't forget, it saved his butt a few weeks ago from Crease. He's like, and that wasn't the first time. So we get a flashback to Karate Kid 2. So this is like after the tournament when Crease is, is like about to beat Johnny up for losing or whatever, getting second place, you know, in, in a parking lot. And he's, he's like, Daniel's like, nobody was, nobody was more badass than Mr. Miyagi. So then Johnny puts his beer down and picks up the brush and he decides to, you know, keep, keep doing it. Uh, Robbie. So I guess I don't, I don't remember how long Robbie trained, but apparently he's an expert 
on Miyagi Do. He like knows all the philosophies. Like, was there like like five rules or five techniques, and he's learned them all? So he's he's telling the class all the secrets and everything. He's like, their blocks are precise, and you know, our, every block is a is a reason for this. But then Kreese is like, all their moves are counter moves. He's like, that means that we're in control. We can use that to set traps. So then. Uh, Robbie and is like facing a story. He knocks her down. She gets mad. Then Kreese talks to her in the office, and he's he's like, you know, because she she's mad because she got fired. So she's got all, all this anger. But then you know she doesn't tell him that. And he's like, well, you know, sometimes bad things happen. He's like, you have two choices. You let it bring you down, or you build yourself up. So then, uh, new kids at home. He gets a call from his dad. His dad's in the army, and his dad says that you know his mom needs him now because you know she's working a lot, she's working hard, and she's like you know she needs you after what happened to your brother. So it's like, hmm, what happened? What happened to his brother? So then he goes back to his little video. And the reason I say the video game is weak because it's like you're you have to build a castle wall. So you just like tap, 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 and like each tap like levels it up like. Psh, psh, psh. And it, it just seems like very simple, but whatever. What do I know? So something happened to his brother. So he's playing a video game. Then he gets a friend request from Princess Leah. So Leah is a, the girl in the gym class. And he's like, oh, because uh, you know, he had a, a shirt for the game. And, and she like made a comment about, about the shirt, too. So Johnny, he's doing more sand circle, more training. So it's, it's, it almost seems like he's getting it. So then tomorrow's going to be Daniel's turn. New Kid is having fun playing in the chat. Uh, Le- Princess Leah asks, like, what else do you do for fun? And it's, it's like so awkward, but it's for our benefit. But he's like talking out loud as he's typing. Because, so we you know, we see his face. He's like, draw anime, listen to music. Sometimes I do dr- Dragon Lord cosplay. Then he's like, don't tell anyone I said that. He's typing all this. But of course, if you can probably figure out, He's not really playing and chatting with with Princess Leah. It's actually little Russo's Anthony and his friends. They're catfishing him, and it, it it they ask him like, "What's his favorite character?" And he's like, "Professor Scribblebottoms" or something like that, because he's like this squirrel professor. What? Because the one of the friends is like, "Professor Scribblebottom, what the heck is that?" And Anthony's like, "He's like, oh, he's this, this squirrel professor. He does this." Stuff. And then they're like looking at him because so apparently. Uh, little Russo knows about the game, and then he's like, "Oh, I, I heard some nerds talking about it, or something like that." So then, uh, one of the friends, he's like, "Tell new kid uh, that, yeah, as Leah, that a bunch of, of other Dragon Lord losers are meeting in the park tomorrow night, and he should cosplay as, as Scribble Bottoms." He like says something else where he couldn't remember the name. So then Anthony starts, and he seems to. It almost seems like he feels bad about about setting this up because. While he's being a little jerk, he is a LaRusso, so he must have some good in him. But we all know that LaRusso, that Daniel LaRusso is really the bad guy. And he's got a lot of, you know, evilness in him, right? They just don't want to admit it. So then we see Amanda at a grocery store, and then Kreese shows up. And she's talking about, it's like, oh, you're not supposed to be close to me. You know, you're violating parole. He's like, actually, you are, because he took out the the, uh, the restraining order, or not parole, the restraining order on her or whatever. So he's he starts talking to her, and he, like, makes some comments about Tori doesn't have a mother to watch. He's like, oh, I, I get, you know, what you're doing. You're protecting your daughter. He's, and he's, because, you know, Sam's lucky to have a, a mother that looks out for her. He's like, you know, too bad Tori doesn't have a mother to look out for her like Sam does or something like that. You know, she's working and, you know, trying to pay the bills and everything like that. So he's like, basically says some stuff to make Amanda feel bad. So then uh, Johnny took Daniel blindfolded and they ended up in like this abandoned factory. 
<laughs> so then he's like shoveling. He's making Daniel like shovel hot coals out onto the floor. He's like, aren't you supposed to be shoveling it in? He's like, no questions. Just, just do it. So he has to like climb a chain. He has to do like pushups on his fist. And then he has to like block or like baseballs like from a, a pitching machine. And he's, then he's like, he's supposed to like hit them as, as they come at him or whatever like that. And then there's a bunch of hot coals on the floor. And then you can see Daniel starting to get into it, like all of this training. And he has to walk across the hot coals or whatever. Then we see Kenny's dressed up as the squirrel professor. He shows up at the park and then the kids come out and Anthony's like taking his picture, whatever like that. He's like, oh, we're going to post this. And Kenny's like, like, no, he like tries stopping him, like grabbing the phone. But he accidentally knocked it out of his hand and the the screen cracks. And he's like, (gasps) And he's, he's like, oh, I wasn't trying to break it. He's like, you guys are being a-holes. And then the kid, kids start ganging up on him. They like, rip the tail off his his costume, whatever. And one tells LaRusso, he's like, show them your moves. And then, you know, they're grabbing the, the other three kids. have They grab Kenny. He manages to break free, and he runs. He hops his fence. But for some reason, they can't hop a fence. And they're like, oh, look, there's a hole in the fence over there. So they they, they go in a hole. They start chasing him. And they, they lost him. They're like, where where'd he go or whatever. So Kenny's... Uh, hiding in a dumpster just like um seems a little a little familiar right and it's always yeah it's always like the opposite so then uh johnny takes daniel to a hockey game to slam some beers and watch some some fighting so Dan- he says that daniel's tough but she's like but we're not done yet so then daniel try or johnny tries getting daniel in a fight with this hockey player because he got kicked out on a penalty or whatever and then Daniel de-escalates the situation. He's like talking about that. But then after the game, they're walking and then the team approaches him. And it's, it's sort of one dude comes up to him and they're like, he's like talking in his face or whatever like that. And then one guy's like, oh, that's that's a dude from the LaRusso's auto commercial, whatever. You know, and then and Johnny or Daniel's like, like, hey, whatever, whatever. And then he noticed like Johnny's like gone. He's like disappeared. He pulled like a Batman. So he starts talking. They they start talking disrespectfully, like, "Oh, what about that hot brunette running the place, or whatever?" And they're like, "Yeah, I'd like to take her for a test drive or whatever. I get her in the back seat and what." And Daniel's like, "That's my wife, or whatever." And then he, he gets mad. They starts to fight. He takes them all on. And then Johnny comes up. He's like, "Oh, kick ass, or whatever." And he's like, "Where'd you go?" And he, he he says something, but he's he came back with like a pretzel, or whatever. So obviously it was all intentional. At Larusso's auto, uh, Tori comes in. And she like drops a bag of groceries on the floor that Amanda left on her doorstep, and she's like, "I don't need your charity, whatever this or that, whatever." And Amanda like wants to talk to her in the back. She's like, "No," when she you know, all this stuff like that. And then she's she's like, "Thanks for lighting a fire under me." She's like, "I needed that, you know, because since she got fired and everything like that." So Amanda tried talking, you know, tried toning, calming things down. It just amped Tori up more. And then Amanda's like trying to help her because, you know, she's like, I just want to make sure you guys have enough, you know, food to eat. And she's like, that's my job or that's my responsibility, whatever. So Tori's just like, just ticked off. She's mad at the world. So then uh, Kenny's at school. Everyone's laughing at him in the hall. He he tells, uh, he's telling someone later, like all the stuff that's been happening. He, and he's like, one of them even knows karate. And then the other guy laughs. And so he's talking to his brother, Sean. And Sean was a guy who got in a fight with Robbie and Juvie. So that that's why his race that kind of is important. And uh, so he, yeah, then he tells Kenny, he's like, I know a guy who can help. So obviously his brother's going to set Kenny up with Robbie and Cobra Kai. And that's the connection with this weird subplot, whatever. Episode 403, Then Learn Fly. 
this training stage is, is finished. So I don't know how much time has gone by. And it seems like everyone's getting along. Then Johnny and Carmen and Miguel go to LaRusso's for dinner. There's like some talk about the future, like what are you going to do after school? And, you know, like what does Sam have planned? And it seems like she's not really sure, whatever. You know, is she going to follow like, you know, the father's, you know, Daniel's footsteps or whatever. Miguel wants to go to Stanford, but Carmen like quickly mentions how the tuition is high. She's like, you know, maybe, you know, you, you could think about Santa Monica College or whatever. We see Terry, he's having some flashbacks to the, the Vietnam episodes from last season. Kenny walks into Cobra Kai and Kreese isn't happy. He's like, he's like, you're interrupting. What are you doing here? So, and, and Kenny's, he's just like so scared of everything. He's like constantly like flinching at everything. It's like, my goodness. Daniels is uh, working with the Eagle Fang kids. They, he tells them that they have to catch Koi in the, in the pond with their, their bare hands. And it's like, whoever catches, the first to catch it gets to, decide that the training techniques for the week or something or something i forget what it was johnny takes the miyagi Do kids they're like walking up a bunch of flight of stairs and they're like where are we going or whatever so they end up on the roof of a building and they look over the edge and there's like some mattresses like on a little alley between so he says that they're going to jump across and he's like try not to miss miss the mattress if you fall and they're then they're like we're not doing that that's dangerous or whatever he's like well we're not leaving until someone jumps so kenny um he's supposed to go on the mat and uh, Kyler goes up to him and he like as he makes his move, Kenny like keeps getting scared and like running back and, and they're all laughing at him. Later Johnny's talking to Sam. They they argue and like they dig at each other and then you know one thing he says he's like if I did everything my parents wanted, I'd be wearing a suit and tie and you know waiting out the for the end of the day or whatever. And he's like he's like now I get to do what I want. You know, I'm helping kids find their way. Terry comes into Cobra Kai and he says that you know, he talks, he says he was doing, he's talking to Kreese. He says he was doing fine until he came and dredged up the pass. And then, you know, they, they kind of like spar against each other or whatever. You know, they don't hit each other or anything like that, of course, because they're old. <laughs> but we see that Terry still has his moves or whatever. Then, then he's like, oh, I shouldn't have come. And Kreese is like, yeah, but you did. He's like, there's still time to finish what we started. Robbie shows up, uh, at, at Kenny's house with his backpack and he's like, you know, how'd you know where I lived? And he shows him, you know, his, his address is pinned to a strap or whatever. And then, you know, Kenny's talking about how it was his fault that Sean's in, in juvie. Cause you know, when he tells him who he is or, you know, whatever. And he, he says that he, his brother, Sean had some bad friends and Kenny caught like one of them, like stealing from his parents. And then the friend came at Kenny and Sean got in between. He's like beating him up. He beat him up pretty badly. So then Robbie's like, I can't be your tutor. He's like, I am have to get ready for the All-Valley. But then uh, Kenny gets a, a, a message. There's a video. And he's like, and, he's, and Robbie's like, let me see it. So it's it's a video of him at his locker. I don't even know how this is possible. He opens his locker. And it's like the half locker. So he has like the top part. And then like a couple gallons of milk somehow pours out of it when he opens it. I don't even understand how that's possible because there's like, how, how was the locker airtight? I mean, was there like a bag that like somehow ripped when you open it, you pulled it or something like that. And there's like, so like you've been milked or something like that. And you know, so I, the kids are laughing or whatever. And then Robbie's like, okay, I can show you some moves. <laughs> so Miguel's car, mom's car is having some problems, and you know, cause Miguel's like talking to, to her on the phone after practice. And then Daniel's like, Oh, I can help. And she's like, Oh, Miguel's like, Oh no. You know, she called a tow truck. He's like, Oh, those guys are crooks or whatever. So then they say, they talk a little bit and Daniel says how he didn't go to college that he blew the, the Daniel fund 
you know, on a one uh, going to Okinawa and all this stuff like that. And then he's like saying stuff how you can go whatever after whatever goal you want. You know, you can always, you know, whatever. So then Daniel texts uh, Sam that he had a great day and he's like, don't do anything I wouldn't do. So, you know, she's still sitting up on the roof and they're about to leave and everything like that. And she's just she's just tired of like her dad constantly like riding her, I guess, or whatever. So she decides to run. And it was it was kind of bad sequence, or whatever. But she jumps across and makes it and, and uh, jumps over. To, I mean, it's so crazy. Terry is uh, avoiding texts from his girlfriend. And, you know, he, he looks at the scar on, on his side. So, and we get a flashback. He got a big Cobra tattoo put there. And I guess at some point he had it removed. And, you know, so he increased, this is when they got tattoos and Kreese got his on his arm or something like that. And Kreese is talking about like the All Valley Tournament. But Terry says that he can't be there. He's like, he's like, I can, they already started the Cobra Kai dojo or whatever. He's like, I can pay, you know, my half of the rent. I can pay even more. But my dad wants me to do this business, you know, family business stuff or whatever. He's going to cut my money or inheritance or something like that. And then back to the present, you know, he's, he's thinking and he, he reaches in a drawer, gets a ponytail. He puts his hair in a, in a ponytail. So Terry Silver is coming back. Johnny comes home and is thinking about like the words, uh, whatever that like you know he should never hesitate or anything like that. So he's gonna go talk to Carmen. Uh, Kenny comes back to Cobra Kai and he says he wants another shot. Crease is like he's like oh I don't have the time, but Robbie's like it's like give him another chance. He's like you know he he might surprise you, and uh, so he faces off against Kyler again. Kyler comes at him. He gets scared and so they're laughing, but then he goes forward because. When they they were training, he said that you know he's good at running, and then Robbie's he's like then use that you know he's like run at them or whatever. So then he goes at Kyler and he punches him in the face when he wasn't expecting it, and you know Kyler's a little mad or whatever. And Kreese he's he's about to Kenny's about to leave, but then Kreese is like no, he's like he gives him a spot on the map. So Miguel. He's trying. He he figures out a way to catch the, the koi. You know, he sees how they're all going like in circles. So he tells everyone to get in and walk around, and then he catches one. So he wins. And then Daniel gives him a Miyagi headband. Johnny and the others arrive, and he sees like Daniel and Miguel like bowing to each other and stuff like that. And he's not happy with that. Okay, then episode four hundred four, bicepfully. I didn't quite get what this this name with this title meant it's bicep halley bicep fully whatever so the middle school there's some middle school kids on a tour at the high school and new kid kenny is, is he's wearing a cobra kai shirt and then tia you know they talk whatever and and she's like oh you spilled some strawberries on there he's like oh, whatever blah, blah blah so he goes in the bathroom to wash it off very carefully and stuff like that. And a couple of the Miyagi-Do kids, I don't even remember their names. They're like the kids that aren't important. But, you know, they, they've been there from the beginning. They see him and they like make fun of him. And then he's thinking back to about hitting Kyler and he gets ready to strike first. But then Hawk comes in and grabs him from behind, slams him against the, the stall. Then he sees a shirt. He's like, oh, you know, I know you're, you're thinking about strike first, right? And he tells him, he's like, you need to get out of Cobra Kai while you can. He's like, they're about to go down and it's not going to be pretty. So then Daniel and Miguel are training side by side, but Johnny's not happy because a- after training, Johnny tries getting Miguel to get something to eat with him, but he's, he's like, oh, I'm going to go work on my mom's car with Mr. LaRusso. 
So at Cobra Kai, Kyler says something about, you know, having tickets to see this old movie called Bloodsport. He's like, did you ever hear of it? And Robbie's like, it's like, yeah, my, my dad had that on VHS. He's like, it's the only reason I, I knew that he existed or, or whatever, or a sign that he existed since, you know, he was never around or whatever. And then Tori's, she says she has to work and she's like, my new boss is kind of a creep or whatever. And Robbie's like, oh, where? And she's like, none of your business. So then Kenny comes in. He's like almost crying. And and he's like, I went to high to the high school, and some kids were picking on me and told me to quit. It's like that's totally not not what it was. I mean, yeah, whatever. But and he's like, and one had they're like, who were the kids? And he's like, well, one had red spiky hair, which it's just like, and it, he wasn't even picking on them. It's like the other two kids were were picking on Hawk. You know, stopped him from hitting the other two, and then he's just giving him some good advice. So then, then Kreese comes out and introduces him to Sensei Silver, co-founder of Cobra Kai. So two sensei, sen, two senseis. Uh, so that means twice to work. You know, get ready to put in two hundred percent, or just leave now. So Johnny and Carmen are lying in bed. So apparently they decide to, to go at it. Um, she's like, you know, well, maybe you're just tired. He's like, this has never happened to me before. And, you know, she's like, well, you know, there's pills. He's like, I don't need any pills. He's like, I'm all man. And, you know, so he's all mad, but he's just distracted about like Miguel and, and Daniel and everything like that. So Miguel and Daniel working on a car. Um, uh, and Daniel has them start. It starts up and Miguel's like, oh, he's all excited and everything like that. So Daniel gets in next to him. He's like, okay, let's go. He's like, I had to go to this thing with, uh, you know, Sam and her mother. He's like, let's go. He's like, well, I don't know how to drive. He's like, well, then this is a good time to, this, to learn, which is just like, seems, seems, uh, you know, overstepping some bounds. You don't just take some random kid without talking to her parents. It's like, yeah, I'm going to teach you how to, how to drive. So uh, Sam and Amanda, they went to like this, uh, it's some kid's birthday. It's this lady that has worked for LaRusso for the longest time. And Sam used to babysit the kid or something like, like that. And so she doesn't want to be there. But then it turns out, of course, Tori works there. And you know she's backstage. Because like, for first we see her like uh, putting on makeup or whatever. And there's like other girls there. And, and they're wearing like bikini tops or, or bras or whatever. And they're like, like you know pumping up their they're not pumping up but like prepping you know squeeze not really squeezing but they're it's all about booze almost and uh then the the, the creepy boss he's like, like more red more lipstick on whatever whatever so <laughs> whatever whatever so it turns out they they're like kind of like dancing not really dancing but they're like mermaid like with feet mermaid princesses or something like that and there's like this little little stage there so then sam when she sees tori up there and tori sees her and she's like oh crap and sam's like like oh i said i didn't want to be here there's nowhere i'd rather be because sam's of course she's a larusso so she's a little gonna be a little jerk about it there it's within reason it's understandable but yeah i see i don't know who's right like with the whole robbie and miguel and stealing the one from the other it's just like anyways so <laughs> robbie's working with kenny he mentions some miyagi do balance stuff like that terry hears and kind of chuckles whatever and then terry uh, talks to him later he wants him to, to show what what he can do uh, Terry, he, then he's like, I didn't tell you to hold back on me, you know, and he, he's like that. Terry ends up getting the better of him, and he says that, you know, he learned to channel's anger, but he says that Robbie's, like, afraid, and he's like, I'm not afraid, whatever. Johnny's thinking about Miguel. He has a, a flashback 
where uh, you know he's a little little kid playing with like some GI Joes or whatever, and his mom comes home and she's like, "Oh, you know, remember Sid? He proposed to me." He's like that that fat bald guy, and she's like, "Oh, don't say that, you know, whatever." And she, and she's like, "You're gonna have a new daddy." He's like, "No, whatever." And then so she's like, "Tell him to go to bed because he's supposed to be sleeping or whatever." In his room, he pulls out this box from under the bed. There's like a, a beer can and like a boot and like all this stuff, you know, all his dad's like old stuff. And she's like, what do you, you know, why do you have this here? And you're hiding this from me? And and she's like, I'm going to take this. He's like, no, whatever. And she's like, he left us. You know, you have to move on. So that's why Johnny likes Coors Light or Coors. It wasn't, I guess it's not Coors Light, Coors Beer or whatever, because that's what his dad drank. Miguel and Daniel are driving and then they're they're listening to like Christopher Cross and and Miguel's like oh this is pretty good who is this and and Daniel's like it's like oh whatever he's like I I thought you know you're or he says some stuff he's like he was he was really big in the 80s and everything like that and Miguel's like like oh I'm surprised Sensei never told me about him and you know they, they talk about whatever all this stuff like that and they talk about fathers and Miguel says how he has a dad but he got up to some illegal stuff so that's why they moved there or whatever he says he looked him up and and he's in Mexico but his mom doesn't know that you know he looked him up so I wonder if there's gonna be something like that coming up you know some storyline that they're gonna try to bring up later Sam is a uh, trying to give Tori a hard time because she's telling the kids a story and and Sam's just like sitting in a chair like keeps saying all this stuff she's like oh is that when the princess tried stealing the boyfriend and she's like no whatever and then you know Sam gets up and then uh, Tori talks to you know she's like but that's the story's not over she's because then the witch you know got up and changed or whatever to try to look like a regular princess and the only way to defeat her is with glitter bombs and there's these cups of glitter on the table I guess from art projects and like that and they're like and there she is now so she points the, the kids to Sam they they go up and they throw like the glitter at her so Amanda's like watches all this but it's like she she should have known right away when you know as soon as Sam saw Tori up on stage and she saw there she should have said something to Sam but Sam is being like such a little jerk and everything like that it's like Tori's doing her job and Sam's you know just being a a bee in apartment 23 uh, so Johnny's cooking he's making his like man witch whatever something like that and then uh Robbie knocks on his door and he says that Hawk and some kids have been bullying a kid, which is such crap. So he's like, you, you have to tell him to stop or it'll be payback. And Johnny's, he's like, oh, yeah, whatever. And he's, he's tries telling him to crease his brainwashing Robbie like he did to him. And Robbie's like, he's like, no, he's like, you put all your trust in the crease. He's like, I'm different. He's like, I don't trust anybody. He's like, I'm just using him to get what I want. He's like, I used to be afraid, afraid that I end up like you, but I know that I'm better than you are. It's like, that's like so rude. And then he's like, well, then I guess we have nothing else to say. And then he like leaves and Johnny like slams the door. Miguel and Daniel arrive from the party place uh, or at the party place. Miguel uh, sees Sam like covered in glitter. And then uh, Tori's doing like face painting with the kid. So Sam like kisses him like right in front of Tori like on purpose. So Tori gets up and then boss is like, I said no breaks. And then she just like walks out out of the back. She like, throws her her purple wig in a garbage can. Amanda comes after her and tells her to wait. She's like, what do you want? And she says that she's like, I'm sorry about Sam. She's like, yeah, tell that to her. And Amanda's like, I will, but you can't fault her for having issues, you know, after what you did. And that kind of gets Tori thinking a little bit. And Amanda, she says that, she gets that the situation with her mom is tough. And Tori's like, you don't know. He's like, stay out of it. And she's like, fine. 
And there's almost like Amanda's like a little scared. You know, she kind of backs away a little bit because Tori is just like so on edge. She's like, just know that the world isn't out to get you. It's like, there's got to be someone in your family that can help. And she's like, there's no one I can trust. And she's like, it doesn't matter. She's like, I can handle my own poop. And Amanda's like, fine. She's like, no one can help you if you don't let them. She's like, but if you ask, you might be surprised. So Johnny Sloppy Joe and Dorito dinner is ready. Miguel comes home and you know Miguel or Johnny sees him. So he's like, hey, why don't you come over for a bite? I want to talk to you about something. I think he wants to tell him that they're that he and his mom are, are dating again or something like that. Cause he looked up like, how do I tell my student I'm, I'm dating his mom or something like that? And like all these like ex- exploit explicit videos popped up or something like that. But uh, he's like, okay. He's like, but I had an early dinner. He's like, Mr. LaRusso was friends with this chef at this place. And he brought out all this fish and everything like that. So Johnny mentions that, you know, he's like, oh, you've been spending a lot of time with the LaRussos. He's like, yeah. He's like, he paid for my mom's car to be fixed and he taught me how to work on it. He taught me how to drive. And you can see Johnny's bummed again because it's like he would have liked to teach him how to how to drive. But then Miguel's like, uh, or Miguel's like, how come you didn't tell me about Chicago? And Johnny's like, what happened in Chicago? He's like, no, the band. He's like, they're, they're really cool. He's like, Peter Cetera is a badass. And Johnny's like, Peter Cetera is the opposite of badass. <laughs> And even mentioned like the glory was it Gloria Love was that a Cry Kid song yeah, whatever. So then at the drive-in, uh, the the Cobra Kai are watching Bloodsport. They're like hazing Kenny, making him get like Kyler's being such a jerk, and he, he's like making him get all this food. He's like, I can't carry all this, or whatever. So um, then Robbie tells him that it's it's hazing. He's like, oh, just you know that that's it's better than what I got. So he's like, you know, it's it's good, whatever. And so he he goes to get all this stuff. He. Um, comes back he's a, trying to carry all his popcorn and nachos and everything like that and then uh the miyagi kids or cobra fang whatever they they make him spill his food so there's a showdown it's like all of cobra kai comes out and all of the miyagi and and cobra fang they're trading words they're about to get in this fight but miguel's like he's like we can't do this and robbie's like yeah remember what happened the last time we fought he's so he's egging him on so the miguel finds he's like okay he's like the baseball diamond in 15 minutes so Cobra Kai shows up. They're there. He's like, where are they? He's like, oh. And Robbie's like, oh, they, they'll they be here. And then the lights go out. Choom, 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 and then the sprinklers go on. And Miguel and the others are they're in the car and they're laughing. So Kreese tells Silver that they have to strike it at Johnny and LaRusso. Kreese says that, you know, he's like, I'll never forget when Johnny came in with, with a black eye from the old man. And Terry's like, we're the old men now. He's like, you know, we have to use our years of wisdom, whatever, for the right thing. And. When uh, Johnny hears what happened, he's not happy because that they they just avoided the conflict. But Danny's like, no, it sounds like they showed restraint. He's like, I'm proud of you, and he's like, you know, basically they're learning the Miyagi Do training and stuff like that. And then Johnny's like, okay, we need to talk. And then Crease and Silver show up, and Daniel gets some Karate Kid three flashbacks, and Silver's like, gentlemen, there's a few things we need to discuss, and that's the end of episode four. Okay, then. Episode five, four or five, match point. So Terry Silver tells Daniel that his past behavior was inexcusable. He's like, you know, if, if I could go back and undo it all, I would. Then Carissa, he digs at, at Johnny for, you know, when they're alone for playing second fiddle, fiddle to little LaRusso. And he's like, I'm not second fiddle, whatever. And then they leave. And then Johnny asks Daniel, he's like, who the hell was that? So, I mean, it makes sense, that, you know, because Johnny, he has no idea who Terry Silver is because, you know, he wasn't there in episode three. He was just like long gone. He moved on. Um, Silver and Kreese return to Cobra Kai. So they basically say from here on out, there's no no more fighting before the tournament. 
So they, they, they make it clear. Daniel and Johnny go out for some drinks. So uh, Daniel tells Johnny the story about for Karate Kid 3. Uh, Daniel says that he's like, you know, it's like, I need to take over the training. He's like, you, you know, you, I want what's best for Miguel and the other. And Johnny gets mad probably because he mentions Miguel specifically. And so there's more arguing. And Johnny says that Daniel, he goes back. He's like, you only won by one point. He's like, we never fought to the finish. And, you know, because even all the other times they they fought, you know, they're always interrupted or whatever. So Johnny basically wants to fight tournament style. And he's like, whoever wins takes over the kid's training. And Daniel's like, he finally, he's like, you're on. So then the kids are at school. Miguel tells the others that Sensei Lawrence got drunk and went on a Twitter rant about fighting Daniel. So you see, like, all this stuff. And he has, like, one follower, which is Miguel. And he's like, is this thing on? He's like, how's this work? And he's, like, saying all this stuff like that. And he's like, hash brown, Russo's going down. Or, you know, he clearly has no idea what he's doing. So Daniel's hungover at work. Amanda comes and wakes him up, whatever. And she's like, you know, she's like, this is, look what your daughter showed me. And it's like Johnny's tweets. So Johnny is not hungover because, you know, Danny's like, oh, he's probably, you know, just as bad. But he takes his Walkman. He puts on his badass mix tape or whatever on his Walkman. She's like training montage with like a bunch of flashbacks. and stuff. But at one point, point, he's like in the ocean, like fighting the waves. And he's got his Walkman. It's like that is not a waterproof Walkman, dude. It's like it's going to get ruined. But whatever. Sam comes home from school early and Dan- Daniel's there. And she said, she's like, well, we had study hall and I played the cramps card. And Danny's like, what? So they talk a bit and they don't exactly agree on some stuff. And so she's taking like Johnny's side more. And because, you know, at the time they've been working together and she's just like, you know, so tired of, of her dad, whatever. And she's like, she's like, well, I can make my own decisions stuff like that. And she's like flings like a, a bottle water cap on, on a counter. So Daniel, then he's like talking to Mr. Miyagi. He's like, I don't know what to do. And there's like that. And he's like doing some training and all this like the, the overly move, whatever precise moves and crease uh, talks to silver he says the kids are confused by his teaching you know because cobra kai always strikes first and silver's he's like you already did with robbie Keane. he's like you didn't tell me that johnny was his father he's like you stole the man's son um then we see hawk he's at a tattoo parlor because um, he dyed his hair purple and i don't know if he's getting his his tattoo touched up or something like that so he's waiting but then uh you know he's laying on the table and then uh robbie tor and the others come and they're like oh tattoo parlors close today and they they grab him. They they basically attack him. They're like, oh, we're not not here to fight. And then uh, uh, Robbie pulls out like a straight razor. So it's like, what the heck is he gonna do with that? So then at the Miyagi Do, it's it's time for the fight. All the kids are watching. Johnny says that you know he kind of says that he, he doesn't want to fight, but it's the only way. So they they both want what's best. So they they fight each other. And of course, Miguel and Sam are are like roughing with the points and stuff like that. And uh, so Johnny gets the first point, then Daniel gets the point, then Daniel gets another point. So it's two to one. Then uh, Daniel's just mad. So he does the, the arm numbing move. And Johnny's like, what the hell was that? And But he still manages to, to grab uh, Daniel with his legs and like knock him down and like kick him in, in the, the, the side or in his, like the stomach. So now it's uh, two to two. He's like, oh, you got any more like dirty tricks or whatever? And so then they're like fighting block, block, block. And and then finally they like hit each other like at the same time. They like kick each other, do like whatever, kick in the face thing, weird move. They both go down at the same time. And and then he's like instant replay because one of the kids was like recording it. And they're like looking at it. Then he's like, let's see it from another angle. And the kid's like, there is no other angle. 
And then Hawk walks up and he's like wearing a hood and he's like all like whatever. And they're like, what's, what's, what's going on? He takes off his hoodie. His mohawk got like cut off. And Johnny's like, who did this? So he's like, it's Cobra Kai. So Johnny wants to fight back. But Daniel's like, no. And Sam agrees with Johnny. He's like, you know, Cobra Kai will keep coming at us, whatever. And Daniel asks Johnny. He's like, oh, is this what you want? He's like, my daughter being influenced by you. And Johnny's like, it doesn't matter. He's like, we're done. So then he tells like, Eagle Thing, let's go. And they all have to leave. Even though they're, they're, they don't all want to. Because even like Miguel, he's just like, okay. You know, so the alliance didn't last. And that is the end of episode five. So there's your cliffhanger coverage if, you ha- if you're if you not watching it. But uh, yeah, so we'll, we'll, I'll talk about four through 10 next week because this has been long, long enough. This has been like almost an hour. Okay, then the movie feature is the 355. So when I saw this movie, so the, the movie, it has uh, Jessica Chastain. It has Diane Kruger, uh, Lupita Nyong'o, um, Penelope Cruz, and um, is it Fan Bing Bing or Bing Bing Fan? I I forget which 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 how you say it. And it also has um, Sebastian Sand in it. So basically, the movie you know it's directed by uh, Simon Kinberg. And when when I saw the movie, you know Simon Kinberg, he you know he worked on X Men movies and Mister Mrs Smith, and um, he also did like I think The Martian. Or he, you know, I think he was a producer in that. Um, but looking at the trailer, it, it appears to be, you know, like here are these, uh, tough women kicking butt that that's awesome. You know, I, I am all for that. I mean, if you know me, you know that I, I think it's important to have this, um, equal, not, not just equal opportunities or whatever. Cause you know, it, it shouldn't just be dudes kicking butt all the time. And, you know, being uh, the father of a daughter, you know, I, I think it's awesome when, you know, you have these strong female characters, you know, I, it's such a cliche, you know, wording or whatever. But there's just a, it's, it's just really cool to see that. And a lot of times these movies can, you know, you have to kind of like really straddle the line between, you know, you don't want it to be exploited or whatever, you know, you really want them to be tough and, and fierce and, and all that stuff. But sometimes what happens when, when they do that, it almost like it's like they, they push it too much. It's almost like there's an agenda. And while some of it is, is well-deserved because a lot of time women get flack, you know, they're, they're treated as second-class citizens, you know, like men are the best and, you know, women are inferior or women aren't as tough as men or whatever. And, you know, that, that's just crap. You know, there's some women that are way tougher than, than men. And, you know, I'm sure there's women out there that are way tougher than me, you know. So it, that's, it's just a ridiculous stereotype. But it's what happens sometimes in these movies where it's just like you see this agenda where they're really trying to push this. And it's almost like it's too much that they're, they're really trying to push that, you know, women are, are better than men. And it shouldn't be that one is better than another. I, I don't care if you have an action you know, movie or what product with a woman and she's kicking some dude's butt because he deserves it. That's fine. But that shouldn't be the whole message. So that's what I thought was going to happen. Thankfully, it wasn't quite like that. You know, we do get this. Um, it, it does happen to turn out that all these women kind of have to team up. I guess it's just kind of a coincidence. It wasn't necessarily, there wasn't any rhyme or reason to it. Because when it starts out, um, Jessica Chastain and Sebastian Stan, they're, they're kind of partnering. You know, they both work for the CIA. They're, they're going on this mission. 
Um, so basically, what, what the story is 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 about. Oh, and anyway, so what I'm saying. So the movie didn't like really push this agenda like down your throat. So that was good. And before I get into like semi spoilers or light spoilers, the I the movie was better than I thought. You know, I I thought it was going to be a little cheesy, a little cringy. There were the, there were some some cheesy parts, some cringy parts. The ending might have been a tiny bit cheesy in a way. You know, they're clearly you know when you you assemble a cast like this, obviously I'm sure that they've signed like sequel contracts. Like they would love to be able to do a sequel. I sadly I don't know if that's going to happen. Um, I mean, the, it looks like it had a $40 million budget. I don't know how well it's going to do in the box office. Because uh, as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, when it... See, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to look up if there's anything about like what it... it uh, it's projected to gross 2 to $7 million its opening weekends. So even if it did $10 million its first weekend... 10 million from a 40 million dollar budget that's not great and and part of it you know well, i was talking to someone and they're like i didn't even hear this movie you know I, I saw the trailer a couple times in theater so i don't know how how the promotion is for this so the ending kind of felt like it was really you know trying to set up the a possibility of a sequel with whoever survives i'm not saying everyone survives i'm not saying you know anyone doesn't survive but you, you know you get the idea so there's a little bit of stuff like that. But, you know, some of the action scenes were, were pretty cool. And and with the story, while this, you know, the story could have been a little cliche or maybe a little predictable at times or whatever, but it held my interest. You know, as, as I was watching, I was paying attention. You know, I, I didn't f- ever really get distracted or anything. You know, yeah, I'm in the middle of the theater or on the side of the theater. Um, and there wasn't a lot of people in my theater, thank goodness for, for me, not thank goodness for the, for the theater, but that made me feel safe. So overall, I would say I, I kind of liked it. And um, like I said, I don't know what the current Rotten Tomatoes scores are, but I think it was like at a 28 or something like that when I looked Thursday. And I, I would I would hope that some of those low scores aren't, you know, anti-woman reviewers or anything like that. I hope that they're legit, that, you know, that there are some flaws. But I wouldn't say it's that bad of a movie. So I'm, I'm really curious what the audience score would be, you know, after, after whoever watches it. So it was it was entertaining. It was it was fine. Um, I think I I don't know if I mentioned, but I kind of have some issues with Jessica Chastain after watching most of that scenes from a marriage, whatever that that HBO Max show with with Oscar Isaac. So we we discover something about her. Like I don't remember. Think I think it might have been the second episode. I don't think it was the first episode. And I was just like, oh, and. So I still haven't watched the last episode of that show, even though I, I did like it. And it's, but it's just a matter of time. So um, it's like that just kind of bugs me. I mean, no offense to her. I mean, she, she's a good actress and everything. One of the things that was kind of interesting is as she's doing her action scene or doing certain things like that, she was really like, uh, 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 like kind of grunting a little more. But like when Diane Kruger is doing stuff, it's like you don't hear her like grunting or, you know, Diane Kruger is almost more like a robot. And I mean, Diane Kruger was like really kicking butt. I thought I I, I thought she came across really cool. And um, and Lupita Nyong'o was cool. And then a uh, fan Bing Bing when you see her, because at first, you know, she's very um reserved you know like you know the chinese businesswoman and you know very not i mean docile in a, in a way you know just very prim and and that but then 
spoiler, you know, she does kind of start kicking some butt. So there's there are some some cool moments. Okay, what was this movie about? And again, I'm not going to go into full blown spoilers because I think you should watch. I think it's worth watching. It's not going to be the greatest movie ever, but well, one, there's not a whole lot out there right now, but I, I think it is good. And, you know, if you're not going to theater, you know, it's it's worth a rental or, you know, when it's on demand or anything like that. So the way what it starts off, you know, you need some big, big problem to because the, the women, they're all from different um, nations. Oh, and, you know, Penelope Cruz, I haven't really mentioned her, but I'll, I'll, she was, she's like a psychiatrist. And, you know, so she's not really like an action um, person, whatever. So we have all these women are from different like agencies, different countries. We need some sort of problem, dilemma that brings them together, right? So it starts off in Bogota, where there's like it's the this group is is they they think there's like this drug deal, big like cartel deal about to go down, but it turns out what this drug lord is looking at is um the actually is like the son of this drug lord. He created this like little disc. This it almost looks like a cell phone, like the size of it, and you hook it up to computer, and you can basically control all electronic stuff. And like they, you know, they they make a plane crash, and you know you can turn off the power grid of a city, you know. So basically, this is like heavy duty stuff that you could really, you know, crashing planes and everything like that, controlling them. I mean, you have a lot of power here. So uh, the the people like the the government outside, they they start storming the the compound, and things get out of hand, and then. Um, one of the agents gets a hold of the device. Not, I don't, I don't know. I mean, they were kind of listening in, you know, because they didn't know what what was going on there. So he must have known what what he took. And then he's kind of freaking out. He just wants to sell it, and he kind of calls like different agencies, and you know, he's just like, you know, three million bucks. You know, I just want to get rid of this and, and take off. And that's where like this Jessica Chastain comes in, you know, because the CIA finds out. So they call her and and um, her and, and Sebastian Stan. They're supposed to go to Paris to make this drop. That the problem is they they're aware, you know, they didn't get confirmation, but they're pretty sure that this guy put offers out to other nations too. So they kind of have to to work on it. That's where Diane Kruger comes in because uh, I don't know if it's really a spoiler, but you know she's working with like the the German government, whatever. And then um, when stuff happens, and later uh, Jessica Chastain, she's she's friends with Lupita Nyong'o, who's working, and she's like this cyber expert working for MI6. So you know the the trip to Paris, things kind of go sour, and things uh, you know things happen. So that's where Jessica Chastain kind of has to go off on her own, and her her supervisor kind of like unofficially okay's her to to go and go off on her own to try try to you know deal with this and then that's where you know things kind of go from there and and the fact that there's like all these other you know there's some evil dude that wants this thing for himself too and you know so he can hire like all these other mercenaries and people to go after him and that's basically where it kind of goes from there where you know they're they're the at one point like you know jessica chastain and dan crew you know they're like working at odds and um and everything like that, but then you know that they're going to end up having to work together reluctantly and stuff like that. So the idea right there, I mean, if, if you think about it, and I don't know how well I did in describing it, it's not the most innovative or creative movie, but I, I think, you know, there there's there's lots of cool moments and, and stuff like that. And 
you know, you, you have this big problem and you, you can see how they're going to handle it. Some things were like, wow, how'd you get there so quickly? And right at this right exact moment on the docks and you knew that the guy was going to be going there when, you know, you were on the other side of the building. So some things were a little convenient, but, but like I said, I mean, I, I, I think it, it, it was, was pretty cool. There was this one moment like in this hotel building um, and they're trying, you know, they know where some people are going to be and they're figuring out, okay, how can we get to there, you know, with access that floor. And so the, the action, like I said, it was pretty cool and stuff like that. So overall, you know, I would say I enjoyed it. Um, you know, they were all good. Uh, you know, Sebastian Stan was, was, was good. Um, there's some twists, a couple twists and here and there um, are some predictable. Do you see this coming? Maybe, but it's a movie, you know, it's an action movie. It's, it's not like, you know, artsy fartsy movie, so, you know, I, I say you just kind of take it for what it is. And, you know, if you're looking for a cool action movie, that's a little different because, you know, like I said, you you have, you know, a bunch of women in, instead of you know, a bunch of dudes. I think that that's fine. And, you know, now that I think about it, you know, it's it's not like they needed they needed to use women to infiltrate, like to pose as nuns or, you know, some reason where you would specifically need women and maybe posing as nuns is kind of a, a lame example, but it just turned out that they happened to be women. And what I like about that is that that just shows that, you know, it, it could, each uh, character in a sense could have been male or female. It, it didn't really matter. So it's just a big coincidence that they're all female and, and maybe it's not so much a coincidence because that's sort of the hidden agenda of the movie. What I don't know. I haven't read any interviews with Simon Kinberg that, you know, if, if that's the point of anything, I really don't care. I think it's cool that we have something like that because if it was like a bunch of dudes in there, it would probably just be like an average movie. But I think by, by doing this, that it kind of sets it apart from your average, you know, whatever action uh, movie. So, I, I, I think that that kind of adds to making it stand out a little more. And again, is it the best thing ever? Maybe not, but let's see what, yeah. So as I record this, apparently it's at a 26%. I'm gonna, let me just double check. Yeah, so as I record this, it's at a 26% on Rotten Tomato based on 130 reviews. But again, who are these reviews? You know, some are probably legit places and some may not be. I, I don't know the criteria of how you get included in that. I mean, maybe they are legit. You know, I, I don't want to like insult any whatever. But the audience uh, score is uh, a 77%. So 26% critics, 77% audience. I think that kind of says something. So um, let's see. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to go through these reviews because, uh, yeah, whatever. But, well, Variety says, as action storytelling, the 355 is generic, over the top, and 20 minutes too long. I didn't think it was too long. Kind of like a Netflix movie, but it's the well-made version of that corporate brew. So, whatever. I liked it. I didn't love it. It was better than I thought it was going to be. So I, I'm glad I saw it. You know, I, I, I liked seeing it on a big screen. I, you know, I think that made a difference. And, you know, even my, my TV is, you know, I have a good size TV, but I, it doesn't compare to a theater screen. So I, I'm happy I went and saw it. So that's a 355. Take, you know, if you're looking for something, you want to see whatever. I'm not going to say anymore. You make your own choices. And 
I'm going to make the choice to make this the end of the episode. So big shout out to Dave McPhail. Big thanks to Dave McPhail and Andrew Loken because they are big supporters of the show. You can be a supporter by going to patreon.com slash gmanfromheck. Any amount you can commit to will be awesome. If you commit at the Rick Jones here or higher, you get access to the secret podcast from Heck, which is an additional 30 minutes of podcast entertainment every single week. Currently talking about Hawkeye, 2012 comic. And uh, pretty soon I might be talking about some zombie movies. Hmm. Um, but if you can't commit to monthly commitment, you can also help out by going to coffee.com slash gmanfromheck, and you can buy me a virtual cup of coffee or two. That is ko-fi.com slash gmanfromheck. All right, what is coming up next week is going to be Scream. That's going to be the big feature. My Dilemma, the Peacemaker, the James Gunn um, written and directed whatever, I think he's directing it, movie, or not movie, series, HBO Max series with John Cena, drops next week i think it's like uh or this this week i think it's like thursday three episodes are coming out what i'm thinking my current plans i don't think it's going to be on episode 229 i might wait until episode 230 because i think episode 229 is going to be pretty full because we're going to have the last episode of dexter we're going to have um the second half of cobra kai we'll have scream we'll have book of boba fett and then Superman and Lois season two starts up. So I want to talk about that. Uh, Naomi and Legends of Tomorrow start up. I am not going to go in those full depths. You know, with Legends of Tomorrow, I kind of like the show, but it's it's hasn't been super awesomely great. So I don't even know if I'm going to talk about them. I might very super, like maybe just like five minutes, just talk about those. So there's a lot there. And with... Uh, the Peacemaker, if we're looking at three episodes, that might be a, a bit much. So I might just save all of those for episode 230 because the following week, there there's no, no movies coming out. So on the 21st, there's no movies for the 21st. I don't think there's any movies coming out on the 28th. So I'm not sure what I'm going to talk about that week. I have to figure that out as as well. Yeah, so I, I that is my my plan. So while you might be like, man, I, I know I'm taking a risk where people might want to hear about the Peacemaker right away. I think people will be okay. And it, again, it gives people a chance to check it out because maybe you have time to watch all this stuff. Maybe you don't. So I think that's going to be my, my plan for next week and the following week. Other than that, um, I think that, that kind of covers everything I want to say. So you know what to expect. I hope you are doing well. I hope um, I got to take my laptop in to get the battery changed. And they want me to drop it off. And they're, they're saying that it's something that should only take like 10 minutes. If that, open it up, pop in, take out the old battery, put in the new battery. But they need me to drop it off because they're so busy and because of COVID and blah, blah, blah. I hope I get my laptop right away because I'm, I'm a little little concerned about that. But that's my problem. So thank you for listening. I hope things are going better for you. Hope things are less stressful for you than they are for me. I hope you're taking care of yourself. Be careful. Wear a mask. Wash your hands. Get vaccinated. I, that's what I say. There's no whatever. Get vaccinated. Stay safe. And remember, be good to each other. 